Podcast is brought to you by nothing but the greatest of the greatest. You best believe that, my G's. Hey, you need a criminal defense attorney? You slipped up? Peep game. We got you. You got our guy, Doug Sherrod. Doug Sherrod is a criminal defense attorney. Big dog shit. Matter of fact, bigger than big dog shit. You can reach him at KingKongLawyer.com. KingKongLawyer.com. He is our criminal defense attorney. He can be your criminal defense attorney. Reach out to him at KingKongLawyer.com. Hoodstocks Podcast is also brought to you by looking for some good quality cannabis. I mean, killer quality cannabis. Hit up the folks at Killer Kush. They specialize in bringing you the best quality available from OG to exotic. They got it all, baby. Hit them up at KillerCushCali at gmail.com or on IG at KillerCush underscore underscore 420 to find a location near you. If you're local to the LA area, you can find them here in the heart of East Los Angeles at East LA Exotics, located at 6009 East Olympic Boulevard. This podcast is also brought to you by Gutter Phenom out of Orange County, baby. Gutter Phenom is a lifestyle brand that is dedicated to supporting and inspiring individuals who are determined to achieve their dreams. Billy, we believe that no matter where you come from or what you've been through, with hard work and dedication, anything is possible. A portion of our proceeds are donated to organizations that provide vocational training for parolees and scholarships for those in need of drug and alcohol treatment. Jesus, who would have thought this is just a t-shirt? This is a clothing brand. Okay, visit Gutter Phenom 
Nam.com and use the exclusive code Hoodstocks20 to receive 20% off your order today, baby. Yeah. Casey, is it game time? It's game time. Let's get it. Let's get it cracking then, doggy. Yeah. Welcome to Hoodstocks on a Sunday early evening. Yes, sir. We love you, motherfuckers. Like, subscribe, all that good shit. We are here. Rain, shine, cancellation. We're going to make this shit pop for you, baby. This is what we do right here. Let's go. Yeah. Motherfuckers. Hit that like, hit that like, hit that like, hit that like. Am I buffering right now? <laughs> I just started buffering right now, dog. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. Yes, Hoodstocks Podcast is also brought to you by Dying to See Me. Dying to See Me is uh, another podcast. Who would have thought? Podcast sponsoring a podcast. Podcast supporting a podcast. Hey, we create our own little community, our own, our own little inner circles, and this guy's a part of our inner circle. Shout out to Matt Montague. That's my G right there. Uh, type in Dying to See Me on YouTube. Hit that subscribe. Hit that like. He's a good dude. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's new in the game. And he's working his way up the ladder, bro. You know what I mean? We support Matt Montague dying to see me. All right. Check it out, my Gs. Yesterday, dude had to reschedule. Today, dude had to reschedule. But I'm going to tell you like this. Sometimes things are just meant to happen the way it happens, baby. Because who would have thought from the Hulu hit series, this fool, my favorite series on Hulu, (laughs) my favorite series, Period, bro. This fool. This fool. Everyone, give it up for this fool. Psycho, <laughs> a.k.a. Alex Alfaro. Alfaro. Let's go. <laughs> Do I say that right? Yeah, you said it right. You okay. said it right. You're good. You're good, my boy. Yeah. I said it in English and Spanglish. Yeah, for all you bilinguals out there. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir, dog. Uh, how are you doing, brother? I'm good, bro. Thank you so much for having me out here, man. I'm good. I'm blessed. Yeah, so you had mariscos earlier, and you and you got the bubble guts right yeah, now, Yeah, right? man. You know, it happens from time to time, you know? So that's why you got to have a little seltzer water and let it settle in, you know? I'm just fucking with you, dog. Good. It's all good. <laughs> like, you I, motherfucker. I don't give a fuck. I'm a fucking actor, man. So put where me, should the people the not spot. go? Where they... <laughs> yeah. Where should they get not go? My my house. Oh. <laughs> you made it? Nah, nah, nah. nah. Yeah, we don't want to blast the restaurant. I'm not trying to blast the restaurant. It could have been, yeah. yeah, been, been a bad. Yeah, it could have been a bad. Yeah, exactly. And exactly. Or, you know, maybe the yeah. dude that's cooking back there, bro. You know what I mean? He had a fucking rough Saturday night, dog. Yeah, man. You know. Absolutely. <laughs> you know what, bro? I love how this happened. A big. Hey, you know what? Big ups to Jeremiah. What's homie's uh, thing called? Uh, Lone Star Entertainment. Lone, Lone yes. Star Entertainment, baby. Shout out. Yeah, you know what, dog? I love it when individuals in the background connect dots. They make things happen. And big ups to Jeremiah, Lone Star Entertainment. He's out of the north, Northeast Los Angeles. Cool cat, bro. 
Got love for him, bro. He's always invited me to all kinds of different things. If it's a football game at Highland Park, at Highland Park Park on Thanksgiving, he's always giving me invites to all kinds of stuff. I got love and respect for the dude. And I really appreciate, bro, that he just linked us up yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. On the fly, baby. Yep, yep. That's how it happens. Magic. Yeah. Magic. True magic, bro. True magic. Human magic. I mean, I don't know if there's a different yeah, there's different magics, right? There's magic that happens in the bedroom. Movie magic. There's yeah, movie like magic. Harry Potter magic. Harry yeah. Potter magic. Hood magic. Hood Surgical magic. Magic, magic MC. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> magic. Magic yeah. Mike. Magic Mike. <laughs> My next favorite movie. Magic Mike. Hey, it's okay, dog. You know? Um, I was going to crack another joke, but I said, let me leave that alone. Um, so... Hulu series, This Fool. You're on an episode, probably one of my favorite episodes, bro. You know what I mean? And I'd like to touch on that before we get into your story, bro. Yeah, 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 for Before sure. we get to how you ended up get, catching these type of roles, right? Yeah. Uh, you were psycho in season one. I forget which episode it is, but it's it's when, um, will you tell it, bro? Uh, it's called Putazos. Yes. It's the uh, second episode of the first season, uh, you know, and... Uh, 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 Frankie's character is, uh, you know, he's fresh out the pen and, and, and he's got beef. He's got beef with one of the one of the Morenos on the block, you know. And uh, that's one of the great things about the series uh, is that it's not a traditional, per se, series about, you know, living life in the hood in Los Angeles because it takes place in South Central, you know. Like during during the, the process of Latinos being moved around or the Morenos being moved around, a lot of Latinos ended up leaving Central LA, moving to South Central, Compton, Watts, you know. So there's a whole diverse uh, uh, community of Latinos that are from those neighborhoods, you know. It's not all just East LA or, or uh, uh, Southeast LA, right? So... Uh, a lot of it takes place in that community in South Central, so it's it's dope to see how his characters got beef with a Moreno from back in the day, and he's like, "Let's go find all the homies," and none of the homies are down because yeah, every we we grew up, we got families, we got kids. One of us won the lottery. They're like, "I ain't trying to get my shit fucked up," uh, you know. So then they find me, and uh, you know, my character is, is is clean as a whistle. You know, I did all my community service. I did, you know, I, I checked off all the boxes with the PO. I'm clean. I, I golf. I fucking have a family now, you know. Uh, but I'm still down forever. So, Pretty yeah. Awesome. So, he, so let, me, let, me, let me add my little two cents in. So, uh, Frankie, a.k.a. Cholo Fit uh, Creeper, um, <laughs> which we all know him for, right? He's cruising around. He's, he's out the penitentiary, like you said, bro. He's trying to find all his own homies. And like you said as well, you know, guys, you know, times change, bro. And so he was going to one spot and hit one of his homies is dead, this, that. But he shows up to your crib, right? And you obviously changed your life in regards to, you know, uh, what you're doing for when Frankie was out. And um, it's funny because when he knocks on your door, bro, you got like a fucking, what are you wearing, bro? I'm wearing like a golf outfit, bro. I'm wearing a little vest and, you know, I got a, you know, I got my, my little polo rolled up sleeves and the khaki pants with the golf shoes and, you know, nice and clean. Because uh, after I leave the office, you know, a.k.a. the little back booth of the McDonald's that I manage, <laughs> I'm going to go play around a golf at the Montebello, you know, uh, uh Golfing center, I guess is what they call it. I don't know. Hey, uh, off the 60 freeway. Off the 60 freeway you know right there off at. of Wilcox. Y'all yeah. know what's up. Yeah. Roll through. And so he hollers at you. Frankie. Frankie's like shocked when he sees you, <clears throat> right? And and then what, what, it's kind of like for people that haven't seen it so they can go and 
watch this episode or, or watch the first season, um, kind of like played out for them, bro. Not 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 per word or anything like that or script yeah. or anything, but just like <laughs> at first you're kind of like, nah, bro, I changed my life. I'm chilling. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen this motherfucker in like 20 years because he's been gone that long, you know. Uh, on top of that, he owes me some money. So I'm like, oh, shit, you know, I'm, I'm about to collect. But then he tells me that he wants to know if I'm down to go you know throw some putazos and i'm always down for the putazos and on top of that my old lady's stressing me so i'm like hey you know perfect opportunity to leave the pad for a bit but i don't want to just throw putazos you know i want to take it to the next level because that's how we do you know we stay down or we get clowned right <laughs> so yeah that's that's about it in a nutshell and, you know? well, and so and so you come out so they're waiting for you and you come out with like a strap or something, right? I come out with straps. I come out with a fucking, <laughs> with a filetto. They got a little kid in there, bro. They yeah, got a little yeah. fucking kid that's down to throw down. Um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and a glass of water because, you know, the homie asked me for a glass of water. So it's, you know, it's a funny bit. Um, it was a lot of fun to shoot, you know what I mean, and 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 shooting it in the in a community in a neighborhood that I spent some time in. It's it's really dope, you know. What 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 community are you in right there? Uh, we're in South Central. In South Central, yeah, now. South okay. Central LA, yeah. yeah. So that was maybe about a mile and a half away from uh, from the home that I grew up with my mom's uh, when I was a teenager. Okay, yeah. and that black dude, bro, he's fucking hilarious, bro. Yeah, what's that man. dude's name? Do you uh, uh, Jamar Neighbors. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Jamar, man. He's he's fucking he's he's ridiculously funny. Yeah, you know what, bro? I love the way they did that with that series, and they incorporated just like the brothers, the homies. <laughs> you know, I mean, just the interactions between them, and I mean, it is a classic freaking series man and just you know what brother my hats off to you guys bro wow job well done bro job well done bro and sometimes honestly when it comes to and i'll be i'll be honest you know um sometimes when it comes to homies making movies right or latinos within the community making movies uh they seem like they're getting better and better and then now you guys just set the ball all the way up here i mean once again brother job well done thank man. you thank you man appreciate what that. what a great how was the chemistry on that show bro within the individuals <laughs> at least the time that so, you spent there to yeah 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 so i got this funny i got this funny backstory right um uh so i met chris uh i met chris after you know the casting call and you know booking the job and uh it was my first day on set and Chris uh, Estrada, the creator, he's, he's fucking ridiculously uh, funny, but he's also a really generous, kind, and just a real dude, you know? Yeah. Um, and we were just chopping it up with, you know, in between takes. And he's like, so where did you grow up? I was like, oh, I grew up right there by Arlington and Vernon. He's like, oh, yeah, I grew up on, like, Avalon. And so he was on, like, he was closer to Compton, and I was closer to, like, Crenshaw and Slauson, you know, so it's like, you know, different hoods. Um, but back in the day, I never banged, but, you know, I love the culture, but I was a, I was a graffiti artist. I was a tagger. I'm a, a, a co-founder of a, of a crew called LOK uh, that's been around since, like, the, like the 90s. And um, he goes, so were you, like, a writer? Did you bang or what? I was like, no, I never banged, man, but I was, you know, I was into the graph uh, scene. Um, and I co-founded a crew called LOK. And then Chris just stops and he's like, Wait, you're from LOK? And I was like, yeah, fool, why? Oh, fuck, bro. I, uh, you know what, man? I don't think you're going to want to do my show no more, man. And I'm like, why? What's up? 
And he's like, oh, it's because, you know, like, I used to kick it with the B&Os. And back in the day, the B&Os were, like, LOK's biggest rivals, like, oh, graph shit. rivals, you know, yeah. to the point that, you know, I got my ass beat by him yeah. one time on the MTA. And I looked at him, and I was like, Chris, I'm on your fucking show. You think I give a fuck about what happened back in 96? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> fuck yeah. all that. So it was, you know, it was cool. There was a lot of camaraderie. Uh, you know, Frankie is great to work with. They're all great to work with. They're very, uh, very professional, but also, they're, you know, they're real people, bro. You know, we're just real people. This happens to be our job. Uh, everyone, uh, everyone knows what they need to do, and 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 we had a lot of fun doing it. You know, um, and as we as we progress in this industry and in this business, it's all about uh, being authentic, being real, being generous, kind. Uh, because you never know who you're going to run into. You know, we're in a business where the janitor today could be the executive producer tomorrow. Yeah. And 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 we live in a society of goodwill you. currency. Yeah. You feel me? Yeah. So, you know, if you walk around with goodwill and, and, and you have positive vibes and you're all about your business and you're professional, people like you, they like that, they want to have you around, and that's how you book more jobs. Well, Flaming Hot was a testament to that right there, right? Absolutely. Fuck, that yeah. was another amazing movie, bro. Yeah. I mean, win, win, wins, man. Latinos really are stepping it up. And I think, man, I love, well, back to, back to this fool. Chris, I love, I think even though Chris is side by side with, with, with Creeper Cholo Fit, uh, I think Chris is the funniest dude on the show. His, his like, dry sense of humor the style of sense of humor he's got yeah. bro and I, I maybe it's not dry i might be you know i might be expressing it wrong using the uh the wrong wording on it but he is freaking hilarious bro and the comedy they use mm -hmm. too is just it's my style of comedy bro it's my style of comedy i laughed through the whole uh first season and the second season bro has been hilarious as well too and hopefully we got a third season popping up yeah man that'd be great you know it's uh what i really appreciate it with what chris has done uh with the series is that he's employing local talent He's yeah. employing he's employing real folks that are artists from Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, shout out to uh, uh, to my comadre Brenda Banda who played uh, uh, Fat Ass's wife in that episode that you saw. The yeah. homie that's dead, you know, his wife. That's that. That's my homegirl Brenda. Uh, my my comadre uh, Esperanza America who played fucking Frankie's ex girlfriend. Uh, shout out to my boy Chris Calderon, uh, aka Pacas, who's in season one and in season two. He's the big fat bald guy with the tattoos yeah, and, yeah. you know um so they 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 really made a point um to hire local talent you know and and also big shout out to my uh my producing partner bernice molina valle uh from the streets to the set because uh she's the one who got me the initial uh audition you know uh back when back when this fool was called punk ass bitch you know and i <laughs> yeah. remember reading the 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 pilot episode and i'm like yo this is dope like yeah. you know we need to do this so i'm glad that it got picked up um and 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 that it's going strong you know so two seasons let's let's do three and it's all going to be based on you know the community that's watching that's that's Shit. tuning in and supporting it you can i can i share something with you bro yeah of course um, man. i'm a i'm a this fool reject bro <laughs> it's true. Hey, it's I true. know a lot of folks that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bro, trip on this shit. I had got an email a couple years ago, right? And it was for me to uh, send an audition tape for this fool. Yeah. Right? And it was supposed to, and I was the dude, I believe, when, when Frankie got out the pen 
and I was like, pop pop the dude that uh, I think uh, Frankie uh, or uh, I think Fabian M. Fabian, yeah, Fabian, Fabian M. Doing that, like, hey, homie, will you you know punk ass bitch, blah blah blah, you know what I mean? So I did that on video. This dude Casey shot it, bro, and I thought I had it, bro. I mean, I don't got no acting skills. I thought it was pretty good, bro. But obviously, they didn't think it was pretty good. And and you know, bro, why not get an established dude that's in the game like Fabian, right? You know, it makes sense. And and I wasn't, but I was really, I was flattered by the uh, the uh, gesture, the extension of, you know, potentially, you know, uh, reaching out to me. And when I shot the video, I said, man, in case me and him were high-fiving, like, fuck yeah, <laughs> dog, that's easy work, dog, shit. Yeah. Just being myself, homie, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Never I thought got I was the- also going to get the part. Yeah. That's the reason. We had him as my sidekick. I was I had him on a leash, dog. He was my pit bull, dog. But it was a little man with a mustache and a hat, dog. Um, I just they, they didn't they didn't understand our comedy, dog. Right, you know? right, right. I don't know, right. bro. But um, season three, season three, baby. Got you, dog. I'll be a fucking neighbor. I'll be a neighbor dog or like a fence, dog. I'll play any role. <laughs> I mean, is that still a talking role? If I'm playing a dog and I'm barking? Yeah, man, you still get residuals, man. That Let's bark, go, you made noise, bro. Let's it go. came out of your mouth. Yeah, that's a residual yeah, check, bro. Like, hey, this so man. I'm gonna be the homie. I'm gonna be the homie on season three, bro. They did too many drugs, bro, <laughs> and I'm so fried out that I think I'm a dog that I used to have that passed away when I was a child. It was a traumatic experience, <laughs> dog. You know what I mean? So look at, look at. I'm pitching my shit right now. Yeah, let's go. Hey, let's hey, go. Hey, hey, he's making and, his and, own part. And you don't even have to write shit because you could just leave a blank page for him. <laughs> Exactly. And just put lucky and then just say improv. Yes. And then just say whatever the fuck you want. Yes. And then they'll just capture it and it's good. It's Chris, done. let's Rap go, it. baby. Let's go. Chris Estrada. Hey, what's the homie's name from uh, 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 Chips? Uh, 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 you mean uh, uh, este, uh, the one from Those Mujeres? Un Camino, Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. This is my dry humor. My dry humor with Chris. So I, I, on, a, on a comment on one of his posts, I comment on one of his posts and I said, hey, bro. Are are you related to Eric Estrada? You know, and he goes, Nah, why, bro? You know, and I was like, Well, you know, I mean, I got a speeding ticket the other day on the freeway. You know, and it's an expensive ticket. I'm trying to get out of it. No reply. He said, "Fuck you, Lucky." I thought it was, you know, bro. That is funny. Hey, you, you know, know, I told him once. I was like, "You don't get to choose your fans, bro." <laughs> yeah, bro. Well, come on, homie. If you got a fucking series called This Fool, uh, then all the fools are coming out, homie. You know. But you know what's crazy with the Chris Estrada is when I got put on to the series. I didn't realize Chris was following me this whole time. Oh, shit. You know, he's like a ghost follower, bro. Doesn't like none of my shit. Doesn't yeah, yeah, comment yeah. none of this shit. But he's there watching. Yeah. He's, there, you, oh. he's there studying. He's preparing for the next episode. Watching the Hoodstocks, dog. Yeah, he's watching dialogue. He's you see taking, how they talk. Yeah, you know? he's taking motherfucking <laughs> notes. Chris hey. Estrada, I need some motherfucking residuals, homie. Hey, you got the email, though, Lucky. So, I mean, hey. I'm just fucking around, there dog. That's tight. Firing ourselves up over here, dog. Yeah, firing ourselves season up three, over here. Season three. Season three. Let's go. And season three, baby. Let's go. Remember, the dude that's burned out from too many drugs, he had a puppy, a pit bull puppy when he was younger. It was traumatic. The puppy got ran over by the fucking neighbor dog, by the neighbor's car, right? And now, okay, we already said it. Anyways, yeah. check it out. That's like three episodes worth right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said it about 30 times, bro. <laughs> You're absolutely right, bro. Uh, so the, the burned out part is a fact. Okay, we established that already. Um, let's get into your story, sir. 
Yeah, I'd like, like to get into your journey, brother. I read some of your, uh, what do you call that? The, your biography? Yeah, bio, yeah, yeah. Your yeah, bio? Yeah. yeah. Okay, and uh, it, it, it's you, you just sent it to me, so I had, excuse me, I breathed through it. Would you like a beer, bro? Yeah, I'd love a let's beer. Let's get the man a beer, yeah, sir. Let's, let's do it. Waiter, Thank waiter. <laughs> get lucky some Pepto because he keeps fucking burping. Hey, 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 hey. Um, yeah, I know who had the mariscos, me or this fool. I'm burping, this fool's farting. You know what I mean? Shit, dog. Hey, but on the, on the chat, it says there's a bomb-ass uh, Vietnamese spot called Foology. <laughs> hey. Oh, thank you. Hey, well, or, or you can go get some bomb-ass Chinese food in downtown LA. Juan Cock. Juan Cock. You never been to Juan Cock? I'm good, bro. Okay. Yeah. It, I might have written, I, I might have rolled by, but. You know. Yeah. You're like, hell no. If there's <laughs> no, one, one, I want two. <laughs> um, uh, apologize, brother. Uh, so I was reading your bio, bro. Yeah. Uh, you're from, you're Guatemalan? Yep. Okay. Yeah, Chapin. Chapin. Yes, sir. Let's get into your story, brother. Yeah, I mean, what you, what, what would you like to know? The story is... I'd like to know all the bad things that have happened in your life, bro. Oh, Because these guys are drama. These guys look yeah, like drama, all, all bro. Yeah, the, all the fucked up things that happened in the third life, grade, man. I got bit by a dog. Yeah. The fourth grade, I got hit by a car. The end. And then everyone's just fucking fire emojis, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm like, I'm, I'm like a paisa through and through, you know? Uh, uh, I, was, I was brought to the United States... When I was three months old, I didn't have papeles for 30 plus years, man. Um, you know, grew up in, grew up in uh, different parts of LA. I grew up really poor, so I moved around a lot. So there wasn't any, any real neighborhood that, that I stayed for more than about a year and a half. Uh, by the time that I was 30, I had lived in like 33 different places. So I was moving at an average of a year. You know, once a year I was moving. Um, Why would you be moving that much? I don't. I hate to interrupt. Oh, because we were we, we were broke, bro. Yeah. You know, my, my my parents were immigrants to this country. My mother was uh, fifteen when she came to this country with me. Wow. Uh, by the time that she was nineteen, she had four kids. You know, uh, my old man was uh, uh, bless his heart and his soul. Uh, he was an alcoholic. Um, really smart dude, but he just couldn't get his shit together, you know. And and uh, and then when my parents split, I was about like seven or eight years old, and it was just, it was tough, bro. I'm I'm the oldest of four kids. Um, like I said, moved around a lot. Uh, we stayed primarily centrally in like the Echo Park neighborhood. Um, Let me hold on, bro. Hold on. Your mom was 15 years old when she had you, and she came. She was she, 14. She was 14. Yeah, man. And she, and she, how did she come over here, bro? Oh, she came Mojada, bro. She came through, you know, through the Bestia, the train. Uh, this was like 93, so like I said, I was like maybe three, three and a half months old. Um, I died in, in Tijuana. Uh, I got really sick. Uh, I, I caught some kind of illness that turned my skin like really pale and my eyes yellow. And Gond one, jaundice or jaundice? Uh, yeah, jaundice. I think, I, I think I was jaundiced. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, one night I just stopped breathing, man, and and I just went into a rest. And uh, my mom, I, I don't remember shit, but my mom says that um, some some woman came and she did uh, you know mouth to mouth resuscitation. She brought me back to life, and because my mom was dehydrated and malnourished, she stopped producing milk for me. So. Maybe like three weeks into into coming into this country, uh, she was just feeding me dirty water, man. Any water that she could find. So that was, you know. Um, and on top of that, she was by herself. She was being guided by a coyote. Um, it took her, I, I believe, like a month and a half to make it over here. Um, this woman brought me back to life. She fed me from her own breast. 
And and then she turned me over to the coyote, and the coyote had to cross me over as if I was I was his kid. Um, and I didn't see my mom, I believe, for like two days. Uh, when my mom found me in the safe house a few days later, um, you know, I was I, I was in a bed, uh, you know, like shitty diapers, and you know, I wouldn't stop crying, you know. Um, so yeah, that was my introduction into into coming here to the states. But I didn't know any of that, right? Like, you know, when you grow up without without legal documents in this country, um, you don't know that shit because you just you're just like everybody else. You know what I mean? I have two brothers and a sister. They were born here. They all they they all were born in East LA or in Compton, and um, you know, you live an American lifestyle. You assimilate and you learn the language and you eat. You know. You eat sugary cereals and fucking watch Saturday morning cartoons, and it's all good, you know? Hey, better than dirty water, baby. <laughs> better than dirty water. Ooh. McDonald's. Uh, um, you know, McDonald's all day. Uh, and then one day, you know, you try to do a, you try to do a job when you're, uh, when you're in middle school, and, and, and your old man tells you that you can't do the, the job. What job uh, were you trying to do? I was trying to do a clean and green. You know, it's a it's a summer job for kids in middle school and high school where you know you go around doing community service type of work. You're cleaning the neighborhood. You're you know picking up trash, cleaning graffiti, all that stuff. And uh, my old man gave me back the paperwork, and he's like, "Here, you can't do this job." And I said, "Why not?" And he said, "Because uh, you don't have a social." And I was like, "All right, cool. Well, let's just let's go get a fucking social. Then. Yeah. <laughs> Take me my, get my social. Use my phone numbers." Yeah. Social. And he was like, "No, it doesn't work that way, Mijo, because you're not supposed to be here." And I was like, "What do you mean I'm not supposed to be here?" He's like, "Yeah, because you're a mojado." And I was like, "What the fuck does that mean?" He goes, "You're not supposed to be here. Like, you, they will deport you if you know." And that was the first time at like nine or ten years old where I realized, like, "Oh shit," you know, like there's something something wrong with me. Is that you? Okay. Nope. Carry on. Um, yeah, man. So you know, it was it was um, that that really was the beginning of my own um, like my own struggle with with my identity as an American in this country. Uh, it, it it was tough, bro. Because once you turn eighteen, you know what I'm saying. You don't have access to. You don't have access to shit, you know. Once you turn 18, you you can't get a job, you can't get an apartment, you can't go to school, you can't get a bank account, you can't you can't do anything. Yeah. Um, so you grind, you grind, and you figure it out, and you know you take it day by day, and um, yeah, uh, and that went on for 30 years until what 2012 when. Uh, when Obama passed DACA, when he when he initiated the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, and I qualified for it, and you know, changed my life. Wow. Well, congratulations. Hey, do me a favor, yeah. That's my car going off right there, bro. Check it out real quick, yeah. Thank you. Apologize. I, I forgot that I had that. Oh, good. I had this car with me right here, so it, it does that. It gives me a, like a warning beep. Um, that was that that was a very the quickest. Uh, Life story I've ever heard in my <laughs> life, bro. The quickest, but the most interesting, bro. Yeah, no, the was... quickest, but the most interesting. I mean, before I stopped you, I, I, it was probably going to be a whole lot quicker than that. Um, <laughs> because there's obviously a lot of detail. There's a lot of pain, heartache, uh, struggle that goes along with your story. I mean, is it hard to share your story? Have you shared your story on a platform like this before? Yeah, man. I mean, I've, uh, I mean it's, it feels fast because it's so well rehearsed. Because I actually, um, I, I'm, I'm a teatrista, I'm a theater practitioner. I, I, I earned my bones and learned how to act in the theater. 
so that's where I got my training. Um, and I and I wrote a show back in 2017 called uh, Wet, A Documented Journey, um, which basically chronicled uh, me leaving the country, going back to Guatemala as an adult for the first time in 30 plus years, uh, meeting my dying grandfather. Um, is this uh, is this based on? Yeah, this happened. This okay. happened back in 2017. So uh, I left as soon as uh, Trompa came into power. Uh, I left the, the same day that the uh, Muslim travel ban kicked in. I was going to be gone for five days. I left with an expired passport. I left with an expired work permit. There was no guarantee that I was going to get a passport when I got to Guatemala. There was no guarantee that I was going to be allowed back into the country. Uh, and there was no guarantee that I was going to get a renewal on my work permit. Um, and I went to go meet my grandfather, who I had never, you know, I had never seen uh, right before he died. Um, and and the show is about those, like, those three months of preparation, of putting in the paperwork, of going through the bureaucracy of immigration policy in the United States, uh, leaving the country and not knowing if I was going to be able to come back because if anything would have gone wrong, if one thing would have gone wrong, I wouldn't be sitting here today having this conversation with you because my ass would have been self-deported in, yeah. in, in Guatemala, which is... Yes, I was born there, but I don't have any real roots there. I don't have any connection. I don't, you know, I don't understand uh, the politics, the culture, any of it, because I wasn't raised there, you know? Correct. Yeah, so uh, so I, I did the show. Uh, I opened it in 2017. I didn't think it was going to do anything. I thought it was going to be one of those things where I was going to do two, three performances and it was going to go away. Um, and I've been touring it nationally now for six years. Wow. Yeah, congrats! It's been yeah. a success. Yeah, it's been a it's been a huge success. Um, and so, when you tour it, what exactly is it toured? Is it a play? It's a solo. It's a solo show. Yeah, it's a it's solo, solo play. show. Yeah, and I play, I I I play like twenty seven different characters. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and and there's a lot of like lyricism in it because I'm I'm also an MC, so there's a lot of hip hop, uh, spoken word poetry in it. Um, and yeah, man, it's 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 uh, it's great. That's why it feels like it's it's so rehearsed. But yeah, there's a lot of fucking pain, bro. Like my parents got separated when I was nine years old. You know, I grew up around I grew up around dope fiends and and prostitutes and pimps. And you know, like um, when I was in middle school, uh, my old man would leave us with five dollars a day. You know, and I had to share that shit with my little brother. And uh, I would get fed by a prostitute named Teresa. And she was just super cool. She's like, hey, you're a little Chino son. Like, come here. Have you eaten today? This is, you know, like big Chichona blonde lady with, with, with short hair. Um, and I'll never forget one day, man. She was super chill, dude. She'd bring me into her apartment. She'd make me hamburger helper. I had never tried hamburger helper um, up until she fed me hamburger helper. And I remember sitting in her table. She's like probably sitting where you're at. And she's just watching me eat and she's asking me these questions about school and what I want to do when I grow up, et cetera, et cetera. Then there's a knock on the door and she's like, hold on. And then she leaves. She opens the door. She has a conversation. She comes back and she's like, um, you got to go because, uh, um, you know, I have a business, uh, I have a business meeting to, you know, take care of. Yeah. And it was her John, man. Yeah. And I remember seeing her John, you know, some like white dude with. Uh, you know, with roses and, and, and me leaving and she's like, okay, I'll see you later. Um, and, and, and I'll never forget, man, one time I left, I left school early 
because this was at the time after my parents were divorced. I was living with my old man, but we were super poor, bro. Like my my pops couldn't afford to keep an apartment for ourselves, so it was me, my brother Gabriel, uh, and my pops, and we lived in a studio apartment with nine other grown men. So we used to have to take turns, my little brother and I. We only had a lazy boy couch. That was the only furniture that we owned, so we would take turns sleeping in it. And then on the nights that I wasn't sleeping on that lazy boy couch, I would sleep in the bathtub because it was the only place that I had a sense of uh, privacy, yeah. normalcy, you know what I mean? And if not, I had to sleep on the floor with a bunch of other grown-ass men. Um, I remember coming home from school, and I opened the door, and there's like eight dudes in a circle and then in the center of the circle was Teresa, bro, the prostitute. <laughs> yeah, man. Damn. Yeah, and she was in bra and panties, bro. And she looked at me, and I'll never forget the look on her face, man. She looked at me, and she was like, oh, my God. You know, they used to call me Little Chino because, you know, my dad was Big Chino. And it was like, Little Chino, you live here? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And she, like, she quickly got up. She grabbed her clothes, and she had tears in her eyes. And before she left, she looked at me, and she said, I am so sorry. And then she like bolted. And I remember the dudes were so pissed off because I like, I fucked up their little, their little sex party. Little power. Yeah, man. you know, so, um, you know, shit like that, man. Like that, that, was, that, that was just a slice of, of what I grew up in. I grew up around a lot of fucked up dirt shit, you know? Um, but it also, it, it, it helped build character. It helped me appreciate the things that I have today. Um, because if you don't, if, if you don't know what it's like to have to earn things, then you can't really appreciate them when you have them. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, there's a lot of that. I mean, a lot of cats, there's a lot of cats that were grown up in a lot, uh, a, a lot in a life, a lot easier than yours. Right. And they fell off the deep end life in prison, bro, gangs, all that stuff. I mean, how did you. How were you able to maintain uh, not only your insanity, bro, but just not falling off that deep end and ending up in gangs, ending up in prison system, ending up robbing, you know? I got really lucky, bro, um, because I did grow up around prison. I mean, I, I grew up around gangs and drugs. Um, uh, a lot of the big homies that I grew up around actually discouraged me from joining the hood. They, they, they said, listen, he goes, you have a gift. Like, don't fuck it up. Like, use this shit. Like, don't be like me. I was the one kid that they were always like, nope, not you. What gift did they see in you? Uh, my ability to write. Okay. Yeah. They, so you were spitting back then? I was, man, I've been spitting since I was nine. Yeah. You know? Um, uh, they, they, they saw my ability to write, and my ability to write is what kind of kept me going because writing lyrics... Uh, writing short stories, and then eventually when I became a playwright and a, and a screenwriter, um, it was self-therapy. You know what I mean? Being able to process a lot of the shit that I talk about in my work um, gave me an opportunity to, like, because, you know, you can't afford therapy when you're a kid, you know what I mean? And what the fuck, people don't know about therapy when they're first-generation immigrants, you know what I mean? They're just trying to make enough money to pay the rent. Um all of that I was able to put on paper. All of that I was able to put into rhymes. I was put into short stories, and um, and I would share it with the big homies, and they would be like, "Damn, you wrote that shit? Yeah. Damn, dude, you're fucking good." He's like, "You know, keep your ass in school." And I remember being upset because I wanted to be down, and they're like, "No, no, 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 not you, motherfucker. Everybody else, nope, not you." 
And if and if somebody brought me along, they'd get into shit because they're like, why are you bringing this motherfucker? Yeah. Leave this motherfucker at home. Like he he does not get to he does not get to indulge in the bullshit. Um, so yeah, man, that 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 kind of kept me going. Yeah, well, you you self self helped yourself with a pen and a paper. Yep. You know, one hundred. And and that is very therapeutic. I mean, there's a lot of uh, struggling artists that aren't very good in the aren't very good in in a, in a world sense, right? Uh, yeah. Um, and like they're doing music and whatnot, but little do they know, people know that this is therapy for them. It's therapeutic oh, yeah. for them, you know? Yeah. Uh, a lot of rappers' music are falling on deaf ears, but it does something for them. It, it puts them to the day, gives them something to look forward to, you know? Yeah. And so if that's what it is, then I 100% encourage it, you know, in regards to, you know, just having an outlet, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all, all kids, man, they need some type of outlet, to, you know, if it's if it's a boxing gym in the neighborhood, you know, and so you are able to find your lane and find yourself help, your therapy, bro, and yeah. then pull yourself through those those hard times, those dark times, those struggles, you know. And so, you know, once again, brother, you know, I tip my hat to you, bro. <laughs> Thank you. You know, uh, we have a lot of stories on this platform. This platform is a story based and it's it's just to share individuals' journeys, bro, and you know, uh, to inspire the masses that they are if they are in the mud, they're in the dirt right now. You know, I mean, keep your head up and keep pushing, you know, and we, we are here to just uh, inspire, like I said, bro, the masses. And if you can do it, hey, you can do yeah, it as well. Yeah, anybody can do it. Yeah. 100%. If there's a will, there's a way. Um, So you were, you were, when did you start your acting? Uh, I started acting when I was, when I was little, man, because I grew up in, I grew up a part in, in a part of Echo Park where they were constantly making movies. Yeah. Uh, everything from Falling Down with Michael Douglas to uh, Training Day with uh, Denzel. Yeah. Is that a bomb? No, sorry, dog. <laughs> Microwave. It's, it's this freaking Viper, dude, that's going off. It's, it's probably the wind hitting or something. It's too sensitive on that car alarm, bro. Apologize about that, man. Hey, unhook the battery from it. <laughs> Yo, so, I got to say, man, your chat is off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, these fools are a trip. Yeah, um, the chat can the, the chat can really get in some of these dudes' heads that come on here, bro. Because yeah. they, it can be very discouraging, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. These no, guys, it's pretty funny. It, I mean, a lot of these guys been clowning pretty. Heavy. Yeah, they be clowning heavy and shit. That's cool, man. I appreciate these, that. These guys shit. are savages. I mean, what's what's the comment that sticks out to you right there? This uh, guy, you're like, what the fuck? No, where was it? Where was it? Was it? Was it higher? Who said that? Who smell like chorizo? Probably shit. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't afford chorizo, you know what I mean? I was on top ramen. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but that shit is that shit is that shit is hype. Um, I'm sorry, what was the question? Um, I you know. started acting. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I grew up in Echo Park, right? So I grew up seeing a lot of people. Uh, you know, uh, like I said, Michael Douglas to uh, uh, you know Denzel and Training Day. You know, in that part where they stopped the little white kids and you know they buy a sack. Like that was up the street from the house that I grew up in, and so I saw a lot of a lot of filming. And when I was about maybe uh, nine. Um, I got I got invited to be an extra and it was my first time on a hot set on a live set um, and I got paid 80 bucks bro like when you're nine years old and they give you 80 bucks cash you might as well be fucking rich you know what I mean I remember yeah. coming home uh, and on top of that I got to chill on craft services all day and I could eat whatever <laughs> I want I was like I, you, I could take this uh, and they're <laughs> nice. like yeah you can take as much as you want um, so yeah, but uh, and then I, you know, I took acting classes when I was in middle school. I took acting classes in high school. Uh, when I was fucking up in high school, I would ditch all day 
and the only class that I would ditch back into school was was my acting classes, you know. Uh, you so know, then life you a, happens. Yeah, you had a passion for that. For yeah, I had a passion for that since I was a kid. Uh, then life happens, you know, you, you grow up, you have kids, you know. Uh, then you, you know, I went to college and um, um, I found acting in college. And then I started training and I started taking it seriously. And I was like, yeah, this is what I want to do. So that's that's awesome, bro. That's that's amazing, bro. That that you can be brought up in the the living situation that you're brought in, the environment that you're brought in, and you not only did you uh, graduate elementary, junior high, high school, but you went to college. Yeah. I mean, how hard was that to to live the way you were living and still be able to concentrate on schoolwork? And uh, well, it was hard because uh, you know had a kid, had a you know had a partner at the time, and trying to. You know, trying to do trying to do the right thing and having a full time job. So I, you know, I had a full time job and I, I went to school part time and you know I started taking two classes a semester. So what should have taken me two years took me four, you know. And then in the last semester before I transferred uh, to um, uh, to UC Irvine, uh, I ended up uh, I ended up finding this acting program, and then I just you know I did my first my first uh, theater play, and I was hooked and I was like yeah this is what I want to do. Um, and yeah, I've, I've been on that journey since 2006. So how I, hard has that been? How hard has that journey been? Oh, it's been fucking hard, man. I mean, fuck, dude. Like, Why has it been so hard? Because, bro, like, shit. They, they, like, just 10 years ago, there were no roles for people like us, bro. Like, we're we're in a we're in a, a, a Latino renaissance of sorts because we're creating our own opportunities with the rise of social media, with the rise of, of having technology available to us, we're able to tell our stories now. And, and we're able to do the kind of stuff that the gatekeepers have kept us away from for a long time, you know what I mean? So um, yeah, man, I did the whole extra background work thing when I was, when I was just starting out, when I, when, when I came back home. Um, you know, I, I, did, I did a lot of stuff for free. You know, trying to earn my bones. I it took me, it took me almost ten years to join SAG-AFTRA. It took me another two years afterwards to join the Actors Equity Association. So, um, yeah, it's not easy. It's, it's it's not an easy path, and you really got to have love and passion for it. Because if you don't, then you know, if you just want to do it because you want to be rich and famous, like there's quicker ways to become rich, and definitely easier ways to become famous. You know what I mean? Like you got to really have a passion for this shit if 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 you're gonna go the distance. How how have you survived all these years? You've had to obviously hold regular jobs, in huh? Yeah, yeah. So I have a bachelor's degree in uh, in behavioral and clinical psychology. Nice. Uh, and so I I did social work. Okay. Uh, and I've done social work for the better part of 17 years. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. You know, it's you know it's dope about a lot of people that are doing social work. It's people with you know backgrounds bro that push them into that yeah into that profession you know so that's what you went and then that's what i was going to ask you too what you went to college for you know how many years you got to go to college for that uh it's a it's a bachelor's degree so it's a two-year program but i mean i was in college for like eight years okay yeah because uh because while i was working on the bachelor's degree i was also working uh in my acting training so like there became there, there came a point in time when i was like you know fuck this social work thing Fuck the psychology thing. I want to focus on acting, um, and so that that elongated, you know, my stay in school. Absolutely, and I see a lot of background actors that I've known for maybe like ten years. <coughs> Excuse me, and um, 
sometimes I just I tip my hat to them because I'm like, damn, these dudes are still on the grind and they're still like catching background gigs. You know, some of these dudes I've seen them on this fool. Yeah. Right. These dudes that have been just like really kept their nose to the to the grind. And I guess it's uh, little by little. It's starting to pay off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, everybody's got to start somewhere. You know, I did background work for what, like three, four years, you know, while I was creating my own projects, while I was writing my own projects, um, financing my own projects, you know, um, and and yeah, I mean, it just it, that that's just what you got to do. That's why we're striking right now. That's why there's no movies being made, no TV shows being made because the big corporations they want to take an actor that's just getting started. They want to they want to scan their image, pay them two hundred bucks for the day, but own their image, own their likeness, own their voice. And then what's that? The AI stuff? Or yeah, what? using AI. Yeah, and then just put them wherever they want to put them in whatever movie they want to put them in, and not pay them anything. Wow. Is that why the actors are on strike right now? Yeah, man, that's why we're striking. One yeah, of the, one of the reasons of many one. Players. One of the big reasons. The other reason is like, you know, back in the day before streaming became a thing, we used to be able to receive residual checks for the work that we did. Right, we'd get you know a couple hundred bucks, a couple thousand bucks for the work that we did. But because streaming is different from regular TV, they don't want to tell us how much money they're making from streaming, how many views they're getting from streaming. So we're getting you know three cent checks two cent checks. I once got a check for zero cents. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> How do you cash zero cents? How the fuck do you cash a zero cent check? You know what I mean? You can't. It's stupid. You take it to your own bank? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I'd like zero cents, right? You depositing your piggy bank? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? So, yeah, man. That's why, that's why you know, we're out here we're, and, and we're creating our own opportunities, creating our own lane. And, and just, like you said, brother, like just being able to create your own opportunities. I mean, why is there such a tight ceiling on Latino actors? That might be the, the wrong uh, analogy or you know, the words to be uh, used in what I'm trying to say, but it just seems like opportunity, right, for Latino actors. I mean, it's, a, it's the, it's the uh, industry dominant white and black, I mean. No, I wouldn't say that it's dominant white and black. I'd say it's dominant white money. You know what I mean? Um, we just have to create the projects ourselves. We just have to create the opportunities ourselves because we're sitting around waiting for people to give us a handout like it's never going to happen. Or they're going to come in and they're going to tell us that we got to make all of these changes just so that we can get kicked down a few bucks and then we're going to betray the image and the vision of what we want to create. So, um, again, we just have to we, we have to come in collaboration. It's like what you're doing is 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 a great thing because you're keeping it 100. You're bringing people from the community. You're bringing authentic voices. And that's what's missing from the entertainment business from the Latino perspective is that uh, fools are so quick to sell themselves short and sell themselves out for a paycheck versus writing something that's real or being in something that is a proper representation of who they are, where they come from, and the communities that we're representing. You know what I mean? Like, that's why it's like, there's a lot of shit talk going on in the fucking chat, but that's who we are. Yeah. That's <laughs> what we do. Shit talk. If fools ain't talking shit, then this shit's whack. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like, and like, like my old man used to say, el que se agüita pierde. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you can't handle that shit? It's like nothing that any of these motherfuckers on the chat can say to me that my mama didn't already say to me to make me feel bad. Yeah. You feel me? Like, come on, man. But it is getting you a little bit, right? 
Nah, nah. <laughs> just, just a little. Keep, yeah, it seems like cool. you're a little fired up right now, keep bro. It cool. it's, no, but you know, it's, it's like it's, they're ripping, it's, it's they're ripping the old scab off right yeah. now. <laughs> like, this is damn. where the love lives. Aquí, cabrón. You know? Once I stop talking shit, bro, is when I'm dead, bro. <laughs> yeah, exactly, bro. Up, bro. It's like we have to. We have to. It's, a, it's in our blood, bro. It's in our DNA, you know? Shit talking. Shit talking is amazing. Shit talking makes me feel good. Shit talking is therapeutic. Absolutely. I mean, it's a, uh, man, it's, yeah, all that. Absolutely. Um, wow, bro. You have had such a, what's so funny? He said, Lucky and Bozo buy school supplies for night school at Dollar Tree. <laughs> And there's somebody right now clutching their stomach while they're writing that, laughing their ass. <laughs> hey, you got Casey on your team, baby. I mean, that's that's it. well. If you really put that vision together, it's it is pretty funny. <laughs> it is. It is. It is, it is pretty Apple funny. Said looking like Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> for the rest of the motherfucking uh, podcast, that's bro. That's it, bro. That's all we do. Let, let's do this. Since you guys are talking so much shit, you guys are feeling so good, and since we're entertained by it, bro, check it out, dog. Let's put let's put those words to a voice, bro. We're going to drop the phone number right now. We're going to take a break. You guys call in, bro, and let's talk some shit, dog. Let's talk some Stop shit. playing with let's it, do dog. It. We're going to do it right back. <laughs> Hoodstocks Podcast is also brought to you by Origin Bakery Equipment, your one-stop shop for all your bakery and equipment, restaurant equipment needs. Home base to wholesale commercial bakeries, new and used equipment. Check it out. Follow them on Instagram at Origin Bakery Equipment LLC. Or you can pull up on them in the city of South Omani at 10441 Rush Street. Peep game. If you need commercial bakery equipment, these are our guys, and now these are your guys for the best prices. Hey, tap in. Hoodstocks Podcast is also brought to you by Apish OG. Apish OG. Apish OG. Everybody say it with me. Apish OG. Follow them on Instagram at Apish underscore OG. You can buy it at OG Nation in the city of Maywood. Come get your flower edibles. One-stop shop for all your needs. Yes, sir. Hoodstocks Podcast is brought to you by Lux Tattoos. No, it's not me. It's Lux. Lux Tattoos. I don't tattoo, but Lux Tattoos. Follow them on Instagram at Lux, L-U-X-X, underscore tattoos, underscore A. A lot of these cats have gone Hollywood. They were raised in a holy, beautiful home, structured with all the beautiful things. Man, tattoos originates from the streets, so make sure you get tattooed from somebody that's from the streets. Lux Tattoos. Love you guys. We out.
Yeah, 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 check, yeah, check. yeah. Hold on real quick. Hold on, guys. Let they me. Uh, Casey needs to get a hoodstock tattoo. Where should he get it? <laughs> You're on hoodstocks. Talk to us. What up? What it look? What up, baby? How you doing, my boy? What up, Rooster? I'm actually right here doing some tattoo work on the homie. Oh shit! <laughs> Hit the car. Hell yeah. Talk What's to us, bro. Guess, man. Uh, hey, Lucky, I got something, man. Uh, I got my homeboy, Tudo. He's out here in Tucson, Arizona. He just got patched into the Mongols and shit. Just want to give a shout out to that motherfucker. And uh, I, I'm pretty sure he would appreciate hearing you give him a shout out, man. I'm really proud of homeboy. You know what I'm saying? He fucks with, your, with the podcast heavy. Absolutely. What's his name again? Arturo. Arturo, hey, yeah, hey, live your best life, brother. My blessings to you and your family. Keep that Harley nice and shiny, bro. Uh, stay solid and all that other good stuff, brother. You know what I mean? And just keep on living, man. Keep on living that good life. Stay out of trouble, bro. All that good stuff. You know what I mean? Be a, a good representation to the little ones within your community. You know, show them the right way and all that good stuff because that's what we represent here at Hoodstocks, baby. Uh, stay up and take care of yourself. Is that good? Rooster, you like Hell that? Hell yeah, thanks, thank you, dog. I love you, homie. I mean, Casey, is that the wrong message to give a dude that just got patched into the Mongols, bro? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you really, Rooster, you're really putting me in a fucking little fucking pickle right here, Rooster. <laughs> Rooster, you're putting me in a pickle right here, dog. <laughs> It's all love, baby. I love y'all, man. I love I, you too, baby. What's up, bro? Man, I fuck, I fuck with the, that motherfucking this food. That shit goes hard. Did you see this dude on that episode, bro? I haven't even watched the second season to be it's honest. It's the first season, homie. It's the first season, homie. You ain't you ain't watching oh, it right, season, homie. I've seen that shit, yeah. Okay. Rooster, yeah, yeah, we love yeah. you. Finish that tattoo. Like, Don't fuck love, it up, bro. Yeah, All right. Tucson, yeah. All right. Tucson, Arizona, right. Nikasa, baby. Yes, we love yeah, our jeans right, from right. AZ, baby. Peace. Love my Arizona homies, dog. Don't play with it, dog. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. What's up, Lux? What's up, baby? I'm going to get a shot from Sake. I just want to say, fuck you. Mm, <laughs> and I love you, too. Oh, man, you have a good one. You, too, baby. Southgate <laughs> in the house, baby. Love the Southgate. So cordial. Huh? Uh, you're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Whoa, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. You're on uh, You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Hello? Yes. Fuck you, Lucky. <laughs> <laughs> love you, too, baby. Love you, too. You guys are just full of love today. I know it's Sunday, church day. You're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. What's up, Lucky? It's Wolfie, homie from Monsanto. What's up, fucking Wolfie? Well, you, are you good, bro? Last time I, I heard, bro, you had to, you were getting ready to go into NA, Narcotics Anonymous, dog. You were fucking out there in Victorville with one flat tire on a beach cruiser trying to get to the liquor store, dog. What's going on with you, baby? Is everything okay? <laughs> Wolfie, you okay, right? Wolfie. Uh, that might have been a little too much, dog. I mean, I might have laid out a little too thick, dog. Said, I'm still right here. <laughs> I think he might have just pulled the trigger, bro. <laughs> <laughs> for a little emotional support on me. You know what I mean? And that was just a little too... Uh, pushed him over the edge. Jesus. He looked at his GPS. He looked at his bike. He said, fuck. I'm in you, the same area. Now you know how my, all my other baby mamas feel like. They all got pushed over the edge. Whoa. Ah! <laughs> oh, there it shit. Is. Let's go. Uh, you're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Hey, homie, don't be hanging up on me like I'm your fucking child support officer. Gracias. <laughs> <laughs> what up, my boy? Talk to us. What's up, homie? Hey, just want to say fucking, hey, that, that show that homeboys put on on Monday. 
I feel inspired. Oh, yeah. Whoop, baby. Whoop. Yeah, we got the whole crew. Yeah, that's right. Whoop. Appreciate you, man. Don't know about it, man. Yeah. Hey, I turned in my fucking man card and started sipping on these fucking smearing off ice and shit. There you go. We got it right here, dog. There it is. Going on. We got to get them as a sponsor, dog. Right? Smearing off. Y'all keep doing it, man. You guys are fucking doing it, bro. Tomorrow, 8 p.m., bro. Tomorrow, tune in. Locked and loaded. Locked and loaded. Locked and loaded. Hell yeah, dog. These guys are fucking killing it, dog. They did a great. All right, bro. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Sorry, guys. I didn't hear him. I, that I was talking in, in the middle of it. I started sounding like canine right now. Huh? Um. <laughs> <laughs> with his bags rolling over the 80 bags. I know. Dude, this dude shows up like. <laughs> 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 Fucking guy, dude. Calm down, bro. Seriously. This dude lives five minutes away from me. The closest than any of us, bro. Always and late. And he's always late, bro. He's always late. You heard him come in, bro. Everyone knew he came. Sound like a thunderstorm was in here, dog. <laughs> Fucking lightning, dog. Uh, Wolfie, sorry. what the fuck do you want, Wolfie? Hello. What's up, baby? Oh, I'm sorry, dog. Your uh, hood stocks. Yeah, you. Go ahead. Yo, what up, baby? Just showing love from Colorado. Woo, Colorado, baby. Yep, yep. And the heezy, baby. Just keep doing what you're doing. You know what I mean? I like hood stocks. I be supporting that shit out here. Thank you, baby. I appreciate you, dog. Yeah, for sure. Luck, stay up. You too, baby. You too. You too. Yes, sir. Let's get this. Uh, let's get this last phone call. We're gonna uh, direct it over there with the homie. Hey, you're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. What's up, big dogs, Wolfie, homie? I'm back. Baby. Thank you, Wolfie, for calling back. I was worried for a minute, bro. You know, yeah, I, you couldn't hear me talking my shit, but I was fucking trying to throw some shit at Alex. But I'm trying to get a moment at time with Alex. Oh, you trying to get wait wait with what about you trying to get on what with Alex? A moment of that time. Oh, you're trying to get a moment of his time, huh? <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What you gonna be wearing? What are you gonna be wearing when you get a moment of his time, bro? God damn, you always think about that nasty shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the way you said it, I'm gonna get him a moment of his time. And I'm like, I don't know, bro. Wolfie. What's up? Hey, no, you know what? I just got two questions for Alex, dog. What's up? Question number one, um, can we get that bullshit? And um, Lucky did that, um, what do you call it when he's trying to um, do the interview with uh, to try to get into fools? Audition. The audition, yes. Wait, wait. That, can, uh, we, can we get that? Wait, wait, oh. and, um, Wolfie wants a part on this phone, that's what he's saying. Yeah, he wants a part. He's trying to get in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get you a part. You're gonna play a milk carton, homie. <laughs> I want you to go in front of the mirror and practice playing a milk carton, homie. <laughs> Got you, fool. Don't you? Uh, number, number two, question number two, dog. Hey, um, why did why didn't uh, OG Father Gray get up in this um whole this fool scenario, dog? Man, you guys threw it out there and lucky again, dog. You make that shit happen, fool. Shout out to all the hookstock goonies and you also stay safe. That's it. <laughs> all right, Goonies. Oh, yeah, Wolfie. Appreciate it, Wolfie. Yeah, very thorough, Wolfie. Thank you, bro. Yeah, this fucking, this guy right here's got always got good, good questions. Second question is, and then fucking, like, God Wolfie. damn it, dog. That ADHDZ just kicked in on this shit. Um, so we're talking, I'm going to, I'm going to say what we were talking about off air. And uh, so homie kind of breezed through his story faster than I could even, you know, try like. Jack off. 
<laughs> that was a quick nut. <laughs> yeah, that was a quick nut, bro. Um, and and we were talking off it, and so so Big Dog has never seen Hoodstocks. He has never watched Hoodstocks, so he doesn't understand. Um, just kind of like what we do right here. We go in in depth life stories, journeys, and uh, you know we got to get through the mud to get to the light, right? Mm-hmm. We share, you know, our darkest, and I do it too, bro. I do it too. I'm very. Uh, bro, I am very uh, transparent in who I am, bro. I'm not here to pretend who I'm not because the streets will talk, bro. I share my darkest shit before somebody can pull it out and throw it at me, bro. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? And stick it like a motherfucker. Remember when you were a kid, bro, at school and you got the fucking water in the napkin and you stuck it on the motherfucking wall, bro? That was always fun, dog. <laughs> spitballs. Spitballs. Yeah, k looked like he was always a dude with the spitballs, bro. He'll do it to this day. Our K9 would have a spitball on the side of his forehead and he doesn't even know it's there, bro. Uh, I used to launch those fucking fat ass crayons. You know the fat ones? Launch those motherfuckers out. Yeah. Or the paper clips on the paper planes and just get them stuck on the, the ceiling. So if you go to K9's house to this day, bro, there's nothing but paper clips on the ceiling. <laughs> and, and crayon clippings. And crayons, lunch, and yeah. Lunchables. Cray- crayons with bite marks on it. <laughs> lunchables. Lunchables. And <laughs> juice box. And juice box. <laughs> oh, shit. Take him out to the back right now, fool. K9, take Casey out to the back. He started that shit, dog. I was just putting my little two cents in, bro. Don't be mad at me, dog. All right? It's all good, baby. <laughs> it's all good, baby. Let's get this phone call right here, bro. Um, and I didn't even finish what I was saying, but it's okay. Uh, you're on Hoodstocks. Talk to us. Hello. Yes. Hey, fuck you, Lucky. Thank you. I love you, doggy. This is therapy. This is food's been getting sh- shitted on by their boss all fucking week. They tune to Hoodstock just to say, fuck you, Lucky. So I established that from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Episode two, something like that. You know what I mean? Doing this for five years. Started off in a little ass fucking a basement, bro. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm changing the story up a little, but as you get as you as you get further into the game, you got to start throwing a little sauce on it. You know, what I mean, yeah, it was a yeah. ten by ten room, but now it's a basement. <laughs> I was in a dark basement. There was an extension cord ran from the neighbor's house. <laughs> Damn, you know Damn. what? What are you doing over there, bro? I hear you guys. <laughs> oh, me and Troopy, do you want to tell him Troopy or not? Say it, fool. No, no, we were just talking about something else. See, that's just some that. DM that he got. Nah, yeah, yeah, it was a, like a DM. I got a DM. You on Hoodstocks, talk to us. Fucking... Sí, hola, buenos días. Turn the volume down in the back. Hola, sí, buenas tardes, habla en español. Ah, well. On tal pinche pipa, güey, el puki. I don't know. Ando... <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. What I'm saying. <laughs> I'm going to Let's get this phone call right here. Free. I don't know where to find anything he was asking for. Yeah, I don't you're, know. you're on Hoodstocks. Talk to shit. us. <laughs> What's up, Lucky? What up, baby? Well, we're kicking it right here in the Bay Area right now, homie. We're listening to this food talk. Ooh. Hilarious, bro. Yay, yeah, yeah, area. <laughs> you already know, homie. What up, doggy? You already know. Yeah. You already know, dog. You know, shout out to pretty much shout out to the whole East Bay. 
Oakland, Frisco, San Juan, Santa Cruz. Yeehee. You know? Yeah, absolutely, brother. Shout out. Shout love, out. love for the Bay Area. Yeah. Absolutely, bro. Talking to me. Appreciate, yeah, yeah. appreciate you tapping in too, brother. Appreciate the support. Hey, uh, you know. Sorry, keep going. Sorry, oh. no, no, no. Go ahead, oh, Kane. I, I, mean, <laughs> I was gonna say, I bet it's sixty-five degrees over there, huh? Right now. Hey, All right, brother. Appreciate you calling in. Nothing What's but that? love, baby. Someone said gay area. <laughs> hey, you're not Comments. supposed to repeat that, stupid. Gay area. Nah, bro. We'll What's up, Lucky? Get in your lane, homie. Oh get in your, God, little, get in your lane, little man. Uh, what up, doggy? Talk to us. Hey, shout out to you. Shout out to your host. I'm, I'm going to talk about something a little different, man. Hey, but you got y'all got to go check out the Blue Beetle, man. The movie. Mm. I saw hey, that. I, I was telling gonna... the truth. Hey, hey, they bust some Chalino Sanchez on there. They bust some Abuelita, some Nana, some some frijoles, and and, and they it's a culture movie. This guy's about your your host is about acting, and um, and I just watched it, man. And honestly, man, it was a beautiful movie. And lucky, thanks for the last, bro. I was having a bad day today, and just your your personality, man, always like puts a giggle in my heart, bro. You a funny dude, man. And shout out to your whole crew that that holds you down, and everybody over there, man, from the Central Valley right here, two hundred nine. You know what I'm saying? Love, baby. You know what, dog? Check it out, bro. If if this podcast affected one person like yourself today, homie, I'll take that, dog. I'll take I've been that, having bro. a bad day, bro. Yeah. I've been having a bad three weeks. And when I watch you, it's funny, man. You just like, you turn my, my dark clouds, you know, the podcast, you guys are so like hilarious, man. And and this is a dark world right now, bro. It, not only with money, with family, with, with life. You know, a lot of com- it, there's a lot a of smile, confusion. Bro. There's a lot of information a and a lot of confusion, bro. bro. Yeah. We need, we need to we need to turn this frown into a smile, you know. And you did that for me today, man. And I know you're tired. You seem tired, bro. And you got a lot going on. But your personality and everything, the way you call stuff out, man, keep doing that, bro. Yeah. Keep doing that, man. Keep doing that. Thank you, brother. And I appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you, brother. Hey, love. shout out to your host. Shout out to all your people over there and respect. Okay. Love, baby. Love, love, Thank nothing you. but love. All right, homie. That's dope, bro. Yeah, that's hot. Phone calls like that are dope, though. You. But what I was saying earlier is uh, this dude has been through some just, I'd say horrific shit in your life that you're briefly telling us on the break, you know? And it's honestly, it's, uh, is it uncomfortable to talk about that stuff? Uh, yeah, it can be, you know, because it's, it's, it's the kind of shit that you, uh, you know, you think you put behind you, Um shit always hurts you know what i mean like uh um you know i lost my old man when i was 15 years old i i buried him a day before i turned 16 and um and less than six months later i was addicted to crack cocaine and i became a i became a dope fiend for about a year um the first time i overdosed was in the living room of uh of my mom's house um, in front of my little brothers and my sister, and um, and at the time I had beef with my with my step pops, because my step pops used to be my dad's best friend, and my mom left my pops to be with him, and so you know I I was always like fuck you, you know what I mean? But then when my pops died, uh, I didn't have a choice. If I didn't live with my mom's, they was gonna put me in foster care, so I had a choice like go to foster care and be separated from your brothers and sisters, or go live with your mom and this punk ass fool that. You know, your that pop, you don't fuck with. Was your pop's best friend? It was my pop's best friend. 
I have something I say all the time, bro. And it's the fucking actual truth, bro. It's a fact, bro. No cap. When you go, when dudes go to prison, bro, you know who takes care of their old ladies when they go to prison? Yep. They're homies. They're homies, yep. They're homies, bro. You know? Hey, I didn't make this shit up. I didn't draw this play out. You know, mm-hmm. it was their way before me, you know? But when you have drugs involved and all this other stuff, bro, you know what I mean? Like, dudes really ain't thinking in the right mind and morals and, and just all this other shit, like, <laughs> just goes out the yeah, fucking window, bro. Yeah, that shit goes bro. out the window, man. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and, and it's just, and, and it's crazy, too, bro, because this might sound weird, bro. This might sound weird. So being the fact that I've kind of experienced that, and we've all experienced that, we've all been on both ends, yeah, right? For you sure. know, especially the homies in the hood and the dead on time. A lot of them have been on both ends, or one end, you know. But I think about it. I thought about it, bro. Like, man, if I passed away, you know, who would my girl end up? Yeah, with? which one? Of, which one of you motherfuckers? <laughs> who was going to be serving her that deli yeah, meat? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I yeah. thought about it. You know. And, and 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 nobody is out the equation. No, you know, no. It's, I, I can't be like, oh no, not this fool right here. He would never do me like that. He loves me way too much. Hell no, hell no. Hell no. We cool. We homies. I think we friends. But damn, homie, like yeah. shit. And I I even wrote a little bit of that in a song that I wrote. It's because sometimes I feel like I was a writer once upon a time ago and somewhat of a poet as well. But I put that in a piece of a song. Uh, devil's game, bro. About dudes at a funeral, uh, and and they're already they're they're bar- burying their homie, and they're already trying to get at his old lady. Yeah, you know, and and it's just it just is what it is. The streets are grimy as fuck, and it's not only the streets, bro. That happens in the corporate yeah, world, bro. That happens everywhere, bro. That's not even hood shit, bro. That's just that's human just, shit. That's just human, human fucking dick shit, dog. Yep, yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and I had beef with him for years. You know what I mean? But I couldn't, I couldn't square up with him because the motherfucker was a bodybuilder and a third degree black belt. (laughs) So I was like, "Fuck, get my ass beat by this fool." Um, Three words: baseball bat. Nah, dog. It wasn't until fucking uh, I came upon a burner that I was like, "You know what, motherfucker? If you put hands on me, uh, it's gonna go a different direction." You know. Uh, But we settled that beef. Uh, the first time that I overdosed because I was dying. I was dying in my living room. Uh, I had OD'd on on crystal meth. Um, I was literally like my heart was coming out of my chest. Uh, Every time I closed my eyes, I could see my my brothers and my sister in the living room getting further and further and further away from me. And every time I closed my eyes, the universe was coming into me. And so I was taking shallow breaths, just kind of like trying to stay awake. He came in, he saw what was happening. Smacks the shit out of me. He's trying to wake me up. He's telling me not to go to sleep because if I go to sleep, I'm not going to wake up. Who is telling you this? My stepdad. And and the one motherfucker that I hate. You know what I mean? The one motherfucker that I'm like, fuck you, you know? Um, but I'm in a position where I, I can't even move, bro. I'm just like laying. I'm dead weight in the fucking couch. Paralyzed. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, he tells my youngest brother to go get a gallon of milk. Yeah. He tells him to hurry up because if he doesn't come back within five minutes, I'm going to die. My little brother comes back with a gallon of milk. He takes the fucking gallon of milk and he pours it down my throat. Yeah. And I'm just fucking like trying to swallow as much as I can. I have milk all over my fucking face. Uh, and then I throw up. And then after I threw up, my heartbeat kind of regulated a bit. And motherfucker saved my life. Wow. Yeah. 
And and from that day, I couldn't have the same type of animosity towards him anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because because I owed him my life. <sighs> and not that he ever charged me for it. You know what I mean? And and years later, I paid that debt back because he used to have a um, he used to have a shop right here on Lorena and Whittier. Um, and uh, and in two thousand nine, I mean this. Is fucking many many years later in 2009 the shop burned down and he was in it and uh he almost died he suffered second and third degree burns to like 75 percent of his body when they found him uh he was a john doe at usc medical and um and basically i was able to get him out put him in put him in rehab get him back on his feet he ended up suing the city he got a bunch of fucking feria for that um and he told me one time, he said, you know, I know that you always you always held beef with me because of what happened between me and your dad. And he said, but I just want you to know that what happened between me and your dad had nothing to do with you. Because I know I'm not your dad, but I've always loved you. I love you and my son. Let's go, baby. Yeah. Let's go. See, this is what Hood Stark's all about right here, bro. Now you're getting in your groove, baby. Yeah. I mean, you're getting in that lane, bro. That's, Wow. You know, some I was thinking about it when he, uh, when you were telling me that he was slapping you and he was saying, "Hey, bro, you know what I mean? Yeah. You go to sleep, you're not gonna wake up," you know, and and I was just thinking that, you know, do you believe in God? Yeah, of course, absolutely. God, I yeah. feel like you know maybe God. It wasn't, you know, had <laughs> the politics of how that happened with you know dad, best friend, mom. Yeah, it sucks, but maybe. You know, that was part of God's plan, bro, because he's seen down the future of, you know, maybe, you know, yeah, where you were going to go. And he put the right dude in the right position at the right time to help you through uh, very, you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and I mean, the dude was grimy, you know what I mean? He was a grimy dude back in his home country of Guatemala. He came here, he did a lot of grimy shit, you know what okay. I mean? Because okay. it's, it's, it's what people got to do to survive, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and he finessed my mom's, you know, like I was saying earlier, my mom was uh, was was a mom to four little kids by the time she was 19. You know what I mean? And this dude was 25 years older than her so that when he got with her, he was almost 50 and she was like 23, 24. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So he finessed her, you know, um, and and that that beef between me and my mom's is something that you know we're still processing today like i love my mom's but i don't have a relationship with her mm. you know what i mean i have a i have a 4 month old baby that she hasn't met yeah you know because because of our beef because i blame her for a lot of the shit that went down because she could have made a different decision like in 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 my perfect world uh, my moms could have made it on her own because I know a lot of women that have made it on their own that didn't need a man to fucking support them. But then at the same time, look at where we live. Look at where we stay. Yeah. You know what I mean? She had no skills. She had no fucking education. She had nothing. She had this dude who was like, look, I'll take care of you. I'll put you up in an apartment. You can be my mistress. You can be my side bitch. And you can bring your kids. It's okay. It's cool. I'm not going to trip on your kids. You know what I mean? Gave her a life that my old man couldn't give him because he was too fucking twacked out or fucking drunk as fuck. You know what I mean? So like, I understand from a perspective of a woman who's got four kids, has got nowhere to go, who's got no resources, like this motherfucker's offering you an opportunity to give you a better life, you're gonna take it. Regardless of how it's gonna affect your kids in the long run, you know what I mean? Well, she, uh, she's obviously a survivor, bro, which yeah. the little that you showed in the beginning of the podcast, bro, I mean, what she's been through, bro, I mean, I think at the end of the day, dude, she did, she made the decision for the betterment of her uh, 
herself and her kids, right? Yeah. Get a roof over, over your guys' head. And, of course, there's going to be animosity because you were the oldest one, you said, right? Yeah. You well, were, and I saw it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. my siblings don't remember it. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. But I saw it because I lived it. And, and, and when, I was, when I was, like, 11, I remember going to court and the judge asking me, like, who do you want to live with? Yeah. And I said, I want to live with my pops. And the judge said, okay, well, the two oldest live with the father and the two youngest live with the mother. But that was a fucked up mistake because my pops was not, he wasn't prepared. He didn't know how to take care of two kids. You know, he's a fucking cagapalo, bro. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's out there in the world and shit. He's doing dirt and he's doing fucking around with bitches, doing all this shit. Fucking leave his kids. I remember one time we were coming back from Chicago, Illinois, because we were homeless, bro. We were living in the fucking car. My dad had an old 87 um, uh, Oldsmobile. And it had a fuck, you know, back then when they were made out of metal. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, dog. There was a fucking hole in the back seat where the metal had been eaten out by the cold. And we were sleeping in that fucking car because we couldn't afford to fucking stay anywhere. So I ended up living in Chicago for two years with a surrogate fucking relative. He picked us up. Uh, brought us back to LA and and I remember we stopped by Vegas. This is my first fucking experience in Vegas. This is me at like 11 or 12 years old with my little brother. He said, I'll be back, mijo, I'm gonna go take a piss. And he parked in front of the Circus Circus, bro. This is like at 9 p.m., okay? He left two little kids. One was 11, the other one was like nine or eight, okay? This motherfucker didn't come back until 7.30 in the morning. <laughs> Drunk as fuck. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, you know, like, that was my first experience in Vegas. Like, what the fuck? I wanted to come outside and go look for him, but I was scared because it's just big-ass yeah. fucking parking lot and city of lights and shit, you ton know? Ton of people walking everywhere. Yeah. Ton of people walking in and out and shit, you know? So, like, that was the kind of fucking person my pops was. He had a good heart, but he wasn't, he wasn't quite right, you know? Um, and living with him put me in a lot of fucked up situations that I could have avoided if I would have lived with my moms because my moms at least had stability. You know, she was with, like, for me, she betrayed the family. She was with the enemy. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't want to have anything to do with it. But the flip side of it was that I was exposed to fucking sexual abuse. I was exposed to trauma. I was exposed to violence. I was exposed to fucking dirt. You know what I mean? And growing up in poverty meant that you never knew where your next meal was coming from, you know? Like, you know how kids go back to school and they have their new clothing? Like, my fucking back to school new clothing was pops would show up with two big-ass bags from the Goodwill, and he goes, all right, mijo, fucking dig through and find whatever fits and which fits keep and what doesn't fit, fucking leave it in the bag. And I had to do, you know, do with that. I had to share a pair of shoes with my brother because he couldn't afford to buy his shoes. You know what I'm saying? And, and I was the poor kid in the school, so I was constantly getting in fights because they fuck with you when you're the poor kid in the school, you know what I mean? And you don't have big brothers, you don't have anybody that's got your back, so you gotta figure it out on your own. Fucking, sometimes you eat, sometimes you don't, and, and, and sometimes you just fucking, you just wanna close your fucking eyes and not wake up, because the shit never ends, doesn't stop. You know what I'm saying? You wake up and it's the continuation of the same bullshit. And it just gets worse and worse and worse as the days go by and you can't do anything because you're a fucking kid and no one takes you seriously. You know? Damn, bro. That's heavy, bro. That's heavy. I mean, we've, we've had a lot of, uh, you know, that's heavy, bro. 
I mean, a lot of a lot of kids don't come back from that, bro. And here you are, bro, still striving, still climbing, still trying to be uh, the best you you can be, bro. Yeah. I mean, it 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 only hurts because um, we can be hard on ourselves, you know. And there's that part of me that that tells myself, "You sh- you should have known better, motherfucker. You should have known better." You should have known better. You should have made this move. You should have made that move. Um, yeah, but when you're fucking, you know, when you're when you're 12 and they're fucking a grown man is jerking you off and shit and telling you that it's okay, don't say nothing because if you do, your pop's not gonna come home. You know what do you do? Don't say nothing or it's gonna happen to your little brother. What do you do? You know what I mean? So you take those L's in the hope that it doesn't get repeated into the ones that you love. Damn, bro. I mean, your your resilience is next level. Thank you, man. You know, your resilience is next level. Um, Surprised you're not sitting right here and we feel like we got a whack job in front of us on some of the stuff you've been through, <laughs> you know? You might be wacky inside, bro, and you just have a good way of masking it because you're a little bit of grown, you know? And you've, yeah. and you've had some uh, time to work out the, the kinks, which I have, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I, you know, It's I the writing, though, bro. Like, like writing. you were asking me, the yeah. writing, the writing, the acting, like to be able to play different characters that are separate from who I am as a human being and then taking those traumas and putting them in there and processing them that way. It's like the safest place that I could ever be is being a different version of myself. You feel me? Yeah. The the, the, the safest thing that I can do is to uh, become that version of myself, the worst version of myself, and do it in imaginary circumstances. But be real with it. That's what acting is. Acting isn't pretending to do some shit. Acting is living honestly within imaginary circumstances. And if the circumstances are fucked up, it's like, oh, yeah, I got a memory for that. And then just live the truth of that memory within those imaginary circumstances. Yeah, you you apply the pain or happiness. I'd say with you, you'd have a you'd be really good at at applying the pain, the struggle. I mean, have you ever gotten emotional in a scene where you all the fucking time where where you like? You almost were crying or break, close to breaking down. Yeah, it happens. It, it, it happens all the time, depending on the character that I'm playing. You know what I mean? Like one time, I um, I was doing a I was doing a show where I had to play, um, I had to play a child molester, bro. Ooh. I had to play a fucking chomo, bro. Well, you had to you had to pay some bills. You know what I mean? Time, yeah, bro. <laughs> bro. And 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 the way that I the way that I did it was that I had to have compassion and I had to put myself in the shoes of the motherfucker who abused me. And I had to forgive him and justify why he did what he did to me. So let's 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 rewind this track real quick so we can mm. digest this bro because this is this is this is no easy digestion, you know what I mean? Um this is heavy bro. And so somebody that has experienced sexual abuse, you shared a little short of it, and we don't need to hear any more than that, bro. We, we, we get it, okay? It's fucking Thank you, horrible, bro. Surprised you didn't get a little older and fucking put something in that, dude. But hey, I'm glad you didn't, bro, because you're here with us now in the free world, okay? 
But for you to be, for them to put you in a situation like that, like out of all people, I mean, you got all the homies that are really like, hey, I'm not, dog, I ain't playing that role. You know what I mean? But for some reason, you had an option. You didn't have a gun to your head and said, hey, fool, you got to play this role. Yeah, yeah. You had an option to play this role. What, what got inside of you to accept this role, bro? Is that I'm not going to be a slave to the memory of that trauma, bro. <sighs> Let's go. I'm not going to allow myself to be held down by the circumstances of something that I didn't have a choice in. You get what I'm saying? I'm taking back my power by healing myself. I'm taking back my authority by by saying, yeah, this shit happened, but this shit didn't define me. This shit didn't, didn't make me, it didn't mold me, it didn't turn me into a fucking animal. Because what happens a lot of the time is that when people go through fucked up situations, what do they do? They turn around and they perpetrate that shit. And then they become the next generation of the motherfuckers that are doing the same shit that was done to them. You get what I'm saying? But that's because you don't heal yourself. Whew. That's because somehow you justify that if it was... If it was okay for it to happen to you, then it must be okay for you to do it to somebody else. Hmm. You get what I'm saying? And I'll be damned if I allow that shit to happen so that it fucking trickles down to my children or to my children's children or to the people that I love and their children. You know what I mean? We have the power to fucking make a difference, but we got to do it within ourselves first. I can't sit here and fucking front on you and fucking tell your fucking guests like, oh, yeah, man, it's all fucking easy. Fuck no. It's hard, bro. Like walking around with the memory of the shit that happened and 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 still having love for God because the shit happened to me while I was at church, bro. I'm a product of the fucking Catholic church. <laughs> well, and I don't mean to laugh, but it's just like I'm laughing and just and like. I, and I love La Virgen, bro. I got the Virgen tatted on me because she saved my life, but, but not the priest. Wow. Why, do, why does that happen? So why do we hear about that so much in Catholic churches and not in other uh, dominations? Is that the correct word? Uh, different, different other denominations. Yeah, dom, yeah, yeah, yeah. And different in other d denominations. Um, why is it so like always happening? You hear about it happening in Catholic churches. Why is that, bro? It's strange to me. I don't know, man. I mean, uh, and 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 what's and what's crazy is that my old man, my old man came to the church after my mom's left him. Hmm. You know what I mean? When mom's left, my, my old man plummeted with this. Yeah. He went on a fucking binge and then he hit rock bottom. You know, he used to beat the shit out of my mom's and then started beating the shit out of me. Uh, hits rock bottom, finds the church. We start going to church and all of a sudden it's like, you know, for like two years, he was good, man. For two years, we were thriving. It was like, oh shit, man. Like this is actually gonna work out. Like we're gonna be okay. It's helping our pops. Yeah, out. and that's like when the Rick. shit, you know, that's when the shit started going down, you know. Um, and who, who do you trust? Who do you tell? Who's gonna believe you? You know what I mean? You know what what you were saying about taking that role and being able to just like heal yourself, take back the power. Um. It was interesting to me. It was interesting to me that you said that people that don't do that, that have experienced these things at a young age, these horrific child abuse scenarios at young ages, and if they don't heal themselves, then they end up 
becoming that. Is that, is that a statistic that people that have experienced that, they end up becoming these freaking uh, uh, Dahmer dudes and, and just like weird people in the world? Well, you know, they always say that it's a, the, the debate is always nature versus nurture, right? They say that some people are just born a certain way, right? And then some people become the thing that, you know, that they hate, right? Yeah. Um, I can't speak on that because I can't speak on another man or woman's perspective and, and experience. All I can say is that my experience is that because I was able to work through the shit and the pain and the fucking misery that those experiences brought me, I I know that that's not something that I would ever want to do. That's not something that I would ever want to engage in. You know what I mean? When when when, when you're marked. Because there's, there, there's like an invisible mark, bro. There's an invisible scent that you have, right? And motherfucking predators can see it. They can smell it. They can sense it. And they'll come to you. And when you're little, they, they hover on you, bro. And they try to get you. Like, I didn't understand why so many different motherfuckers would come to me when I was a kid. When Even when I was in my, like, late teens and early 20s, you know what I mean? I remember being being at one of my first jobs as a social worker and being in my early 20s and some dude fucking, like, was trying to get down with me. You know what I mean? And and trying to entice me and shit, you know? Um, but it's because, because I gave off that scent. I gave off that fucking... That 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 ringer, that alarm that these fucking pedals have. You know what I mean? And what scent would we be talking about? Oh, I don't fucking know. I mean, I'm 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 using it as a metaphor. No, you I, get what I, I'm saying? I know, and I, and I know you're using it as a metaphor. And I'm not trying to turn it into anything else, but it's just uh, it's really interesting that that's your take on it. That you have a scent that people are smelling, or not necessarily smelling, but metaphorically. You're getting, they're drawing to you. Yeah, you're getting drawn or, to you. Were you know what I mean? Were, were. yeah. Like, were. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm fucking forty now. This shit happened when I was twelve. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that was because my old man couldn't take care of us. He didn't know how to take care of us. My old man was like, "Well, you guys are men. You guys are boys. Figure it out. You know what I mean? Go do whatever you have to do. Just fucking stay in school. Don't do bad things. And you know, it's enough for me to pay the bills and keep a roof over your head." Yeah. And don't ask me for shit because I'm tired. I've worked 10 hours. I don't have time for you. You know what I mean? Or it, I'll beat your ass. It's making me think, though, when you say this, metaphorically speaking, back to the scent thing, that maybe uh, young individuals, boy or girl, that have experienced that, that without them knowing that they 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 wear it on them somehow, some way. Yeah. You know, somehow, some way they're wearing this scent, metaphorically speaking, right, that pedophiles... <laughs> know right or they mm -hmm. can they can sense they can see yeah yeah i mean and and again this is all theory right because there's yeah, no theory. fucking yeah. concrete evidence on this shit yeah but like i remember i used to be a um i used to be an ultra boy right when i was in church when i was a when i was a catholic and um i'll never forget this shit man like if you served enough masses you know the head priest would take you on a field trip like, you know, and all the, you know, all the ultra boys were like, yeah, we want to go on this field trip. This particular field trip was to go to this fucking retired priest's house out in the valley. And he had a swimming pool. And I remember it was like four of us. It was like an older ultra boy. It was myself, 
this other kid who was about my age, and then there was a younger kid. And and we got to the old priest's house, and and we were just super fucking happy because they bought us McDonald's, we had eaten, and then we were gonna jump in the pool, we were gonna kick it, and we were gonna have a pool day, right? And we all jump in and we're swimming in the pool. And then the youngest kid, the two priests left. They grabbed them and they took them inside. They said, oh, we, we want to talk to you. And they were gone for about an hour, man. Hmm. You know, they were gone for a good hour. And then when the kid came back, he wasn't there anymore, man. Like, I remember how uncomfortable that fucking car ride back to fucking Mid-City was. And you guys all sensed it. We, we, we sent something happened because the kid was just like, he was zoned out, man. He was just kind of sitting there. Like, his power was taken. Yeah, he was like, when we got there, we were all swimming. We were having a good time. There was a fucking slide that went into the water. It was great. It was a good time. He leaves maybe 30 minutes in. We're wondering about him, but we're like, ah, oh, he's fine. You know what I mean? Then he comes back and he's just stone faced. And I never saw that kid again. You know what I mean? I never saw him again after that time. And then after shit started happening to me, I realized like, oh fuck, that's, as an adult looking back on it, I'm like, that's probably what happened to him. You know what I mean? Wow. To, to take the joy out of an innocent child's heart. So, you know, that childish joy, bro, is just like, I can't even just like wrap my, I can't wrap my head around it, bro. It's just like, it's so horrendous, bro. It's just like, you know, he just makes you want to just fucking punch a wall, bro. They got a movie out right now. What's that movie called? Um, Help me out one time. Song right? of Freedom. Found, yeah, what is it? Song of Freedom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it across the street. It, 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 it fucked me up, man. It was, it was really hard for me to sit through that movie. It was really fucking hard to sit through that movie. You know, because uh, uh, the depiction of it is very is 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 very real. It's very real on, on on how shit goes down, especially the whole grooming process. You know what I mean? Like I've 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 done a lot of therapy. I've done a lot of fucking processing and shit. And and what I realized was that I was groomed. You know what I mean? I was groomed for a while. I didn't know that I was being groomed, but I was groomed. And so and 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 the normalizing of that shit when it happened it 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 didn't make me say oh yeah this is cool right the normalizing was if you want to keep your father and your brother safe you need to keep this to yourself huh. you have to be the sacrificial lamb in order for your loved ones not to suffer and on top of that, fuck you because no one's gonna believe you anyway. <laughs> so try it. Try to say something. Let's see who believes you. They didn't want that movie in the movie theater. Nah, no, they didn't, man. Because this Holly shit. Why was Hollywood was just really shitting on that movie? Because there's all these motherfuckers are in it. They're in on it, bro. This shit happens, bro. This shit is. That, is, is, is that Hollywood, bro? Yeah, bro. I mean, are you are you are you in danger of any future? Uh, positions in the acting world by you speaking on this? I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck because this is my experience. And if and if my experience means that I don't get to have a job for a fucking project or whatever, then that's not the fucking project that I want to be a part of. 
sir. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I didn't. Oh, yeah. Okay. Let me sign up to be fucking get fucking raw dogged so that I can have a cool story to tell when I'm fucking forty. No, bro. No, fuck that. Like these people don't fucking understand that shit. They don't fucking know. And if that means that I don't get a job because I'm being honest, because I'm keeping it real, because this is what we do here at Hoodstocks, then fuck it. So what what I'm what I was really trying to say is in regard to speaking on Hollywood being in oh. on that. It doesn't it, it doesn't matter because these motherfuckers like it's Is Hollywood in on that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely, bro. Why is Hollywood in on that? Why is that Hollywood? Why is that an undercover, underground Hollywood norm? I mean, is it from having so much money and so much fame? And if you're a dude, you run through so many females. And I heard someone else say this. This isn't this. I'm 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 I'm, I'm saying what I heard from somebody else say, it, which made sense to me. And they put it like this: These dudes go through so many women, right? And after a while, they had everything, so they want to try something different. I don't know, bro. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know because I, that's not where I'm at. That's, exactly. That, that's that. That's not where I'm at. That's not where my head's at. That's not where my career's yeah. at. You know. But I'm just saying, if you can make a like, you know, like an assumption on it, you know. I mean, who, you know, fucking assumption, bro. I'm just. It's just. It really. It. Like, I just don't understand it. That's all. Yeah, neither do I. I mean, I'm just, all I can say is different strokes for different folks, man. You know what I mean? Like, maybe it is that. Maybe it is exactly that, that some people have done so much shit already that that's the last resort. That's the last frontier. They have nothing else to do in terms of fucking being deviants. And, and the power of Hollywood is just crazy bro like they were throwing uh, Oprah Winfrey under the bus in regards to her being in cahoots on some of these things that was happening in regards to what we're talking yeah, about bro yeah. yeah you know and then Mel Gibson what was the the something of Christ the passion the passion of Christ bro he went that so the 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 lead actor that played Jesus Christ is the same dude that's in yeah. Song of Freedom right Correct. yeah Jim Cavizio yeah and and Mel Gibson told him, and this dude, if you heard, I've heard podcasts on this dude, and I've heard him speak, and he's just like a real fucking. I heard, uh, my bad. Mark Wahlberg's getting in with uh with, with that OG that you were uh, mentioning right now. They're gonna make a, a movie or something like that, and like Hollywood's all scared, scared of them two coming together to put the. Uh, oh, Mel Gibson and Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you know, but Mel Gibson, he's just such a fucking like big dog in the game right yeah. been doing it for so long, for so long like, yeah. he's just like man fuck this you know fuck hollywood right um but what i was what i was i forgot, i lost my train of thought a little bit but anyway so mel gibson so this dude that played it what's the name again jim cavicio yeah okay so he played jesus christ passion of christ mel gibson told him hey check it out bro you know that you can potentially basically get yourself shunned by playing this role are yeah. you sure you want to do it but being the fact this dude is a fucking crazy religious Dude, like he is about that life. I yeah. mean, I hear him and he's got me sold on who he is, is what he's saying he is, right? Yeah. Um, and then he plays this role in Song of Freedom. I haven't seen Song of Freedom, so I'm not exactly sure what role he plays. Is he the is he like the, the He's the hero. He's the hero of the Is story. he like the FBI agent or whatever it is? Yeah. There's I know there's an agent, a CIA that's you know Yeah, he infiltrates. Yeah. Infiltr yeah, he's the infiltrator. Okay, okay. And I'm still gonna watch it, bro. I just uh anyways, um and so they told him the same thing about this. And it's just interesting that with what, and, and then all of a sudden, bro, you watch the news after this movie gets released and you start hearing about uh, different agencies cracking down on on uh, child uh, what trafficking Tra rings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, yeah, bro, all of a sudden, it took yeah. a movie. They put this movie out and 
you know, I guess it's trending. So hey, let's go bust some fucking <laughs> child traffickers. Yeah, I mean, yeah, bro, yeah. that's oh, you know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? It's yeah. not coincidental, bro. No, not at all. No, and I know well, you're being sarcastic, bro, no, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, fuck, dog. The world we live in, bro, yeah. is is just like. But also, you were asking me if I'm afraid that Hollywood's going to shunt me. Uh, no, because, uh, and it's crazy because, you know, I, I went to service today and, and they were talking about conviction, having conviction. Yeah. You know, uh, when you have conviction about what you're doing and you couple that with faith, it's a wrap, bro. You know, so I have conviction. And I have faith because if I didn't have conviction and faith, I wouldn't I wouldn't be 17 years in this. You know what I'm saying? So you're still in a Catholic church? No, 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 no. no. I, I I renounced the church a long time ago. Okay, well, that's uh, not non-denomination. I mean, look, I, I I have no beef with people that 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 are Catholic, people that practice. People are free to practice whatever they practice. You know what I mean? Like love is love, right? Um, yeah, it's just not for me. And I respect people. If, if, if you tell me I'm a Catholic, I'll say, well, that's good for you. You know, if it's working out, great. You know, um, yeah. Who, who am I to judge you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, what kind of father has this made you? Everything you've been through in life. I mean, are you a very overprotective father? I mean, everyone's got to be an overprotective father in this crazy world, right? Yeah, man. I mean, I raised, you know, I raised my daughter as a single dad. Uh from the age of 10 so and my daughter's 21 now and then my baby is four months um it made me it didn't make me an overprotective father it made me a father that understood the importance of of being present and, and being, communicating right, right. being be, being present and being present didn't mean like fucking uh you drop know. you off in yeah vegas. let me drop you off in vegas for the weekend <laughs> baby i'll be back uh being present meant you know uh tea time with my daughter and teaching her how to read and fucking going to the library doing all the square shit that i wanted my old man and my mom dukes to do with me you know what I mean? Taking my daughter to the park, teaching her how to throw a ball, teach, putting her in basketball, putting her in violin, uh, making sure that she went to a performing arts school, making sure that that she had every advantage that I wanted when I was a kid. Making sure that I was supporting her even though her mother and I didn't work out, have a relationship with her mother in a way that we didn't have to fucking be at each other's throats. We could be civil, we could be adults about shit. And uh, we don't have to talk about us because there is no us. We can talk about what's good for the baby. And whatever is good for the baby, I'm on board. <laughs> and if it means that you have to do certain things and I have to do certain things and I don't like your husband and he doesn't like me, that's cool. I'm going to suck it up because my daughter needs both of us to be there at that game. Or my daughter needs both of us to be there at that graduation. You know what I mean? So it, it made me the kind of father that was and has been and continues to be involved. And that that sometimes looks like sitting there and listening to shit talk about things that I have no interest in. And sometimes it means sitting there and plotting the next three years of your life so that you can get a bachelor's degree, so that you can start your own business, so that you can make sure that you have the tools that you need so you can be a successful adult. Shit, classes in session, baby, and shit, I'm taking notes right now, baby. Yeah. yeah I mean, you ain't ever too old to take notes on being a daddy. Yeah, man. Real shit, brother. I love everything that you said right now, man. Thank you, man. And I got, I have a, I have a seven and an eight year old. 
uh, eight-year-old, seven and eight-year-old daughter at home and a stepdaughter that's 16 um, underneath my roof. And I have other kids from other relationships. You know, I mean, I'm 46, so, uh, you know, I've, I've lived a promiscuous life on the streets. <laughs> <laughs> I hate to use that word with myself, but uh, we use it on females, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we just, you know, hood rats, and maybe I was a fucking hood rat too, dog. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I ain't gonna just shit on the females, you know? We are fucking all out there having fun, on drugs, running the goddamn streets, bro, you know? And, uh, you know, sometimes babies come out of a one-night fun stand, you know what I mean? Just yeah. having a good time, and it's, it's just life... You know, it's life in the hood. It's life everywhere, bro. You go to fucking backyard boogie cities, you know what I mean? Uh, and uh, they got the same shit going on. Um, so it, we, we can all relate to that. But just with my daughters now, I, they get the best of me, right? Yeah. They get the best of me. You know, 46-year-old is my prime, right? <laughs> Straight up. Just, just getting I, started. You know, you, yeah. you know what I mean? I've been started for the past 10 years working on who I am now, and it's been a fucking uh, evolution of the fucking monkey to the fucking man, right? You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And, I, and, and when I was a monkey, I had a lot of fun. I threw bananas. <laughs> I threw shit, dog. You know what I mean? Like, I was just monking around yeah, all over the neighborhood. You know what I mean? You ever see a monkey with a gun and a Cadillac, bro? That was me, dog. <laughs> You know, you ever see a monkey hit a pookie? You ever see a monkey twist a pookie, bro? That was me, that dog. Was you. you know what I mean? Did you ever yeah. see the monkey on fucking on, on Mars with a fucking astronaut suit? <laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> hey, well, you know, that monkey died, so I'm glad it wasn't you, dog. So. <laughs> monkey died, bro. Oh, Russian man. monkey. You know Russian what, bro? Monkey. Life, at the end of the day, bro, all heartache, all pain. And I wanted to say this too, bro. Speaking on moms. Dude, I got a fucking seven, eight-year-old daughter. My mom ain't never m met him, bro. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? And and so sometimes, bro, the past is thick, bro. Yeah. The past is so thick, bro. That's my cousin. That's my blood cousin right there, bro. Mm -hmm. he'll, t he'll tell you, bro. My mom ain't met my daughters, bro. You know what I mean? The, the, my relationship been strained with my mother since I was fuck less than five five years old that I can remember and probably since I came out you know the womb right you know yeah. and, and, and you know I, you know I can I can make assumptions of why and what and all the above but she she knows what it really is you know and and that's a pain that I'll carry with me to my grave bro yeah. you know cause that shit hurt bro yeah that shit hurt you know I, I've I've grown and I've healed in my own way bro in yeah. my own way, I used to heal with the drugs, bro. Take it all away, baby. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But now I've healed like as a man, and the way I healed as a man is accomplishing things, bro. Right. You know what I mean? You know, you know, having a house, having just doing good, having an education, going to school for five years, bro. You know what I mean? Really just fucking just like, man, lacing them motherfucking boots up and tightening yeah. them bitches up, dog. You know what I mean? Yeah. And making the sacrifice, bro. You know what I mean? And just saying, fuck it, dog. And uh, man, I hate this. Or I dislike, I I hate, I tell my kids. I, I Don't use the word use, hate. They, yeah, they use the word hate and, I, we, and here I am using it, you know? And I correct my kids and so I'll correct myself like I correct my kids. Dislike, right? Um, but you gotta do what you gotta do. And, and the more you climb and, and, and level up, I mean, it, it kind of like, you you know, gets a little further away from the pain. Like, it's always yeah. going to be there. But success and confidence within yourself, you know, is is, is, is a great thing, bro. Yeah, man. And I think, helps. The, I think what hurts the most is that, you know, at least with my relationship with my mom, is that she's missing out, bro, because this is her success. Man, I bro. am her success. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um She's she's missing out because 
I wouldn't be who I am and I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if, if, if it wasn't for her. And, and as much as I don't have a relationship with her right now and I miss her, um, I just want her to be proud of me, man. The little kid inside of me just wants her to be proud of me. I just want her to come up to me and say, mijo, I'm proud of you. And, and that's hard to come by because, you know, I remember a few years ago, uh, I was in Boston, man. I was in Boston, Massachusetts. I was at the height of my of my national tour, and um, and my name was on a marquee, and my fucking face was on billboards, and <laughs> fucking face on fucking buses. I'm like, fuck, shit. I made it. Let's go, baby. You know what I mean? Talk I made shit. it. Yeah, Talk bro. I fucking made it. <laughs> and 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 I, I I made it to the point that I was able to fly my mom on an all expenses paid trip. I gave her a fucking card. I said, you get whatever you want. Whatever you want. You want to go shopping, go shopping. You want to do this and this and that. Not once did she say she was proud of me. Mm. She said, it's good that you're doing what you like to do, mijo, because it's what you like to do. <laughs> that was as close as to I'm proud of you that I got. That sounds like and, a line from this fool, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and maybe it's the trauma yeah, of being uh, Latino, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, but it tough was, love, baby. Yeah, it was tough love, you know? Well, 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 think about it, bro. Let's think about it, bro. And I got to think about my mom, too, in this sense, bro. My mom was brought up rough. My mom was a baby uh, that was forced into this world. Yeah. I'll say it like that. Yeah. If you can, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? She was forced into this world, bro. Um, and so she always carried that for men and, and, and I guess her son, you know, um, I hate to say that, bro, you know what I mean? But I'll, I'll just say it. I've said it before and I don't like to talk about that, bro. But, um, think about your mom, bro. I'm saying this to, to just be transparent, bro. And, and to think about your mom, bro, of what she went through, bro. Yeah. What she went through, bro. She was so dehydrated in, in, in Tijuana, dog, that, that you had to get breastfed from another from another woman, bro. Yeah. And and you know what? I, I, this might sound like a joke, bro, but if I was if I was sucking on multiple titties as a child, <laughs> I think I would have a breast fetish as I got older. Do you like big chichis now, I bro? I love big chichis. There you go. <laughs> It all comes full circle. You ever get a titty and just slap yourself with a titty and she's just like, what are you doing? You're just like, every night. Oh God, dog. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I wonder why my girl's calling me. Huh. She must not know I'm doing a podcast right now. Or maybe she wants to comment right now. Answer it. No, nah, I don't want to answer it. <laughs> I don't want to answer it. She said all that titty talk. She's You're in trouble. No, she's, heard, she's heard far worse, bro. You know what I mean? Um, I'm going to shout out Mr. 213 and Renee for in the chat for keeping it lit like always. Shout out you guys. Whoa. Hey, <laughs> Mr. 213 said Lucky likes girls with big, big feet. feet. <laughs> You know what, bro? Let me tell you guys something about that, bro. I've been with females with big feet, bro. Like, even my girl I'm with right now, she's like, you know, she's kind of like, you know, she's a... She's sorry. a man's 10. <laughs> she's calling you. Oh, huh? That's why she's calling. Mr. No, she said, sorry, I forgot. 
Oh. I, I, I'm tired, babe. Have a good one. She's just getting off work from a 12-hour shift. Oh, I, I, work during, I work Monday through Friday, and the weekends come, bro, and just so we can make ends meet, bro, because living in the, in the, in the city, uh, in the county of Los Angeles, bro, it is very expensive, bro, you yeah. know? And, and I make great money as a union electrician, a journeyman electrician, IBW Local 11. Shout out to them dudes, right? Um, I make great money, bro, but honestly, um, you know, it's that it's so expensive here in the city that yeah my girl has to go pick up uh little hospital gigs bro on the weekend and and you know what i mean and it just yeah, it, yeah. it makes it, and it may and, it, and it's great for her mental as well because it makes her feel just like i'm making my own money yeah. you know what i mean and all that money she gets bro she goes into her pocket i mean she takes care of like she does her thing bro straight right. up she does her thing you right. know what i mean yeah. um shout but, out to all the moms out there that're working and you know Bringing in, holding it down, you know? You know, I, I, I really feel like, and I don't know how you feel about it, but I think uh, women should, I, I feel like all women should work, bro, or have a hustle, so to speak, right? Well, it could, I, to feel independent and feel yeah. like, hey, you know what? Like, you always have options. You're never going to be stuck. Like, there's so many women that are brought into this world or that they, they, they come into this world and they end up in a dead-end relationship, but being the fact that they're not working, the dude's working, bro, they're stuck, they're bro. They're stuck, yeah. And I don't ever want a female to feel fucking stuck, dog, even yeah. though I might become across as a male chauvinist and this and that and whoopty whoop sometimes, you know what I mean? But I want women to always have options and to hold their own power, bro. Absolutely. And I'm raising girls too now. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. shit, I gotta correct my old shit, dog. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, my mom raised me, uh, you know, and she, she used to work two jobs while going to school. You know what I mean? She was the first one in her generation to fucking go to college, which was something that she never thought she was gonna do. So by, you know, so by the time that I went to college, she was just like, so, I already did that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that was the mentality, right? But because like you said uh, uh, very correctly, it's like, yeah, she went through so much shit. Um, when, when my grandfather, uh, rest his soul, when he found out that she was pregnant at 14 years old, he beat the shit out of her so bad because he was trying to force an abortion on me. Yeah. You know what I mean? She Which would have been you. Yeah, exactly. She was four months pregnant with me yeah. and he kicked her down a flight of stairs, beat her ass. Uh, and, and she was still a good daughter to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, she, she, she respects the old school style, bro. Yeah, because that is old school. Because that's way old school. I mean, can you imagine? I know how it was when I was younger. Can you imagine when she was younger and they out there in, in, in that country, bro? Yeah. You know, where there's, you know, you have like this certain pride, you know, and you got your 14-year-old daughter coming home pregnant, bro. Yeah. Shit. I mean, don't let my daughters do that shit. And right? I might take it back to the old school style, too, dog. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I'm not I'm not sorry to say that, bro. Yeah. You know, it's just, uh, you know, of course I'm not, dog. But I'm just saying, like, no no father is going to be happy about that, you know. But in this day and age that we live in, we got to, I mean, there's there's communication, there's therapy, there's a lot of different things. There's I resources. Mean, do you, do you, yeah, there's resources. Do you believe in abortion? Uh, I believe that women should have the right to do whatever they want with their body. Fuck yeah, dog. Can you imagine? You know what you, I mean? Like, it, doesn't it blow your mind that all these fucking dudes, bro, that are talking about what a woman could do with their body, bro? I mean, have you had a baby before, motherfucker? It's because Jesus said, bro. Bro, that shit, <laughs> bro, that shit blows my mind that these politicians, and it's not even politicians, it's dudes within our own community, bro, yeah. that feel so passionate about it, bro. They will argue with you with this, that, Bible versus all this crazy stuff, dog on why a woman does not have the choice to do what she wants to do with her own body. What the fuck? Yeah. Maybe you should have said, uh, 
you sh- thou shalt not walk out on his children and maybe <laughs> 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 thou shalt not go for milk and cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> thou shalt not go to circus circus <laughs> <laughs> yeah man no it's 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 yeah i mean women should be able to do whatever the fuck they want bro you know they have they have agency they have autonomy just like we do you know what i mean and it's a different world man and and like you said i'm raising girls too you know um that's what I've taught my daughter, and that's what I'm, you know, going to teach my newborn. And, and, you know, even to some extent, my stepdaughter is, you know, take your power, own your power, uh, be the best, best version of yourself by, I've, I've always said, do whatever you want in this world. Just follow these two rules. Don't hurt yourself and don't hurt others. If you can live by those two rules of not hurting yourself or hurting others, you'll be fine in life. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and my oldest, my 21-year-old said to me uh, recently, she said, you know, Dad, I know you always told me don't hurt myself and don't hurt others, but you know what I've realized? As I get older, it gets harder to do. Huh. That's interesting. And I said, yeah, it does. It does. Because think about it. There's, I mean, there's different levels of hurting somebody, right? You know? Absolutely. You may have to step on somebody to get on a higher position in a job. Right. That's hurting them, right? Yeah. You know? Um, there's different forms and there's different levels and yeah, so I can get that. I can get that. I mean, and even, and, and, and even in forgiving my stepdad, you know what I mean? It's like it, he fell in love with my mom. Yeah. And the heart wants what the heart wants. You know what I mean? And so like, as an adult looking back at that situation and going like, damn, you like, you fell in love with my mom to the point you left your family to start a family with her. Yeah. You know what I mean? And y'all had this relationship for like 30 fucking plus years and shit. It worked out better than the relationship that she had with my old man. Who huh. am I to criticize that? Who am I to judge that? That's a grown it man. Hurt. That's a grown man you. Though, you know what I mean? Yeah, talking. exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that grown man me has to talk to, you know, 15-year-old me, 16-year-old me and be yeah. like, yo, bro. like Check like, yourself. Cause yeah, that, check cause yourself. Because that, that dude is always there. Yeah, and don't let that be the excuse for why you fucking up. If you're fucking up, at least be honest enough to know that you're fucking up because you want to fuck up. Don't fuck up and then blame it on everybody else. Fuck up and admit that you're fucking up because you want to. Huh. Yeah. And you know what? I've always taken responsibility of my fuck ups. Yeah. 100%. Bro. As we should. I've always have, bro. You know what, bro? I, yeah, I'll share stories and the, on this podcast a little bit of, of my past, bro. But I spoke to, a, I spoke to a, a, a charter school a couple years back. And I shared my childhood but when I got to me, and I shared my childhood, which kind of got me, to, led me to the streets, bro. But I said after that, now I'm making my own choices. Yeah. You know? You know, the, the, the simplest analogy can make a right or a left. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll say left is good, right is bad. I mean, I was fucking making, I was going in circles on the right side. You feel me? Yeah. You know? Um, and so I've always owned up. To my shit, dog. And and there's some, it's crazy because there's some individuals that don't know how to do that, you know? And that really just like, it's always going to be Everybody this, else this person's fault. fault. Mm-hmm. And it can be a, it can be in the simplest form of a female that is now uh, separated from the dad. She has kids and she's telling her kids that the reason why everything's wrong in, the, in, in life right now is because of your dad. It's because of your dad. It's because yeah. of your dad. You know what I mean? And yeah. really that's not... That's not factual. It could come into play. It's not, maybe a little bit, bro, but we all have, uh, this is a land of opportunity. Yeah. You know? And and we can all somehow, some way, find resources to, you know, elevate and do well for ourselves. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and if you don't want to do that, then you, you there's a, there's alternatives, you know? Right. Which necessarily, 
ain't going to be the greatest ideas. It can potentially lead you to death, prison, uh, addiction, you know, yeah. abuse. I mean, and even like, you know, my parents migrating to this country, if I, if, yeah, I went through the, the experiences and, and, and a rough upbringing, but it's nothing compared to what I would have fucking dealt with growing up in a third world country in Central America. You know what I mean? I so probably would have died. So do you think your mom went through a harder life than you did? Absolutely. Both of my parents did. My, 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 my father came from extreme poverty. Uh, he's from uh, uh, La Limonada in Guatemala City, Guatemala, which is one of the worst neighborhoods. What is extreme uh, po uh, poverty? Poverty. Uh, sheet metal houses made out of wood, sheet metal with no electricity. My grandmother didn't have running water in her in her house that my grandfather built like makeshift house the way you see on fucking san julian yeah. in skid row you know what i mean yeah. like the houses were kind of put together right yeah. with sheet metal roofs that's extreme um, poverty that's extreme poverty you 100%. know what i mean yeah. um my my grandmother was uh was an illiterate woman who uh sold wipe it wipe it uh are basically uh rags that are made from old t-shirts she would cut them up into squares and then she would go to the different businesses and she would sell rags <coughs> for for un quetzal, dos quetzales per rag. You know what I mean? And wow. one American dollar is eight quetzales. So imagine if you sell 20 rags in one eight-hour day, you know, you're making less than three American dollars. You know what I'm saying? Um, that's the poverty that my family's lineage comes from. That's the, that, <laughs> that's the history that I'm, that I'm uh, a part of. Wow. All right, he just hit Nick in the head with a, with a joint. I can't see it. It's like poverty. Ha ha ha. I can't. I'm sorry, cuz. I, I can't. The, the light is in my this face. This dude was knocking right. out right here. The joint just hits him. <laughs> that, was, that was God talking over. Yeah. To any, any wee head, that was like, God, is that you? <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's so bad, the poverty that my parents came from that, uh, like, they they can't even afford good weed, you know. Um, they grew up. Uh, I had a cousin that that actually died because he was a paint thinner sniffer. Yeah, like over there, uh, for twenty five cents, you get a little container of paint thinner. Yeah, and and they just put it on a rag and they just yeah. they, they yeah. huff. Yeah. They, they huff and 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 this kid was only he was only 22 years old man and he started huffing when he was 16 you know what's crazy bro is i am i guess i'm old enough dog that when i was younger that that didn't skip my generation and so i have a i have experienced huffing too and it, and it was with the most grimiest fucking old school cats in my neighborhood bro that would come and chill with us and shit mm -hmm. um and they were huffing bro yeah me too they were they were huffing and i was like ah, i never like i tried to i was like bro what do you get out of this shit dog like man that shit smell like shit like carburetor cleaner like it's just fucking horrible dog you know uh, you walk around with the taste of krylon in your mouth all day <laughs> it's like why you always got gold dust on you and shit like, bro it's like if we're gonna think about like drug addicts bro i don't even know if that's considered a drug addict Witness. that might just be considered a filthy addict dog yeah. you know it's not even a drug bro like what's worse bro it's dude that's smoking crack or dude that's standing there huffing paint thinner or yep. carburetor cleaner or some fucking weird fucking yeah yeah i mean and i did it man i i my, my dad used to paint cars for a living when he was alive um and uh he used to take me to the shop and i hated that shit because all my friends got to have a vacation i got to go work with my old man every fucking summer you know but it taught me responsibility taught me all this good shit but i remember when i discovered paint thinner 
you know, I my mom caught me because I had passed out in my room with a fucking rag and a fucking Gatorade bottle full of paint thinner. And I was so fucking high that, like, she, like, fucking beat the shit out of me. I couldn't feel anything. Yeah. Uh, but that shit was killing me, bro, because that's what it did to my cousin. And so bringing it back that if my parents wouldn't have migrated to this country and they wouldn't have brought me here, I probably would have died, too, following in the footsteps of my cousin. Because my cousin literally died because his blood turned into water from huffing all that shit. He started getting... Uh, Blood clots all wow. over his body until his fucking internal organs shut down and he died from uh, from blood clotting and, and, and blood thinning. He died from that? Wow. Yeah, he died from that. He was a pain huffer. Yep. Yeah. And that was? That was my cousin, William, who was my, who was my oldest auntie's uh, oldest son. Wow, bro. And that's because my auntie didn't want to fucking bring him to the States because she didn't want to pay to have him brought to the States. I mean, is that... Is that easier done than said? Because you said that real easy, you know, but she didn't want to pay for him to go to the States. I mean, what is that? What kind of price would that be? I mean, living in poverty. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, it was it, it, it was a tough situation. It's a sacrifice, way. It's right? a sacrifice. It's a exactly. sacrifice. You know? It's a sacrifice for the betterment of your, of your child. But damn, bro, like who teaches when you're living in poverty and you're just trying to fend... For little, you're like, man, I ain't sending this little motherfucker over there. He's gonna be living the good life. He's gonna suffer right here with me. But with maybe that mindset, she lost a son. Yeah. And it's horrible, bro. And yeah. there's so many stories of that that we don't that aren't ever told, bro. But they're told right here on Hoodstocks, bro. And this is this is just the this is what I love about this, bro, hearing these stories. Brother, sitting with you right now, bro, and now that we kind of just like you, we felt each other out. You felt me out. And you're like, ah, all right. You you opened up, bro, and I appreciate that, bro. You opened up. I think I, I hope you got comfortable because I feel like yeah, you got yeah, comfortable. no, it's all good, man. You got yeah, comfortable no. to talk about some stuff that a lot of cats, you know. Honestly, I, th I thought we were gonna clown. That's why <laughs> I thought this was a clowning uh, podcast, and I was like, oh, when 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 you know, you told me some real shit. It's like, okay, it's time. You know what I mean? Because it's like, what's the point of? You said it in the break, right? It's like if you can't be real and shit, then how are you going to connect with people, you know? And I want you to connect with people. Yeah, man. Because one story is their individual power that they hold, which is triumph of of being able to, you know, come from that, survive from that. Be this guy sitting right here with a fucking beautiful button-down shirt, white T-shirt. I don't see one stain on it, you know what I mean? Brand new chucks on, all white, you know what I mean? Like, damn, bro. I mean, you statistically, I don't think you were supposed to be here, bro. Right. You right. weren't supposed to be here, bro. You were supposed to be dead. You were supposed to be like a lot of fucked up scenarios that aren't possible. It's supposed to be where you're supposed to be at right now statistically. But somehow, some way, that pen and paper got you to here. Would you say that? Yeah, absolutely. And it's not prayer. People said, I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. Would you say, I mean, I don't ever want you to put... Uh, pen and paper before God, right? Your right. religious beliefs, right. bro. But we 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 all have our. Uh, but but let, let me let me put it to you like yeah. this, Lux. Please. If if God equals love, right? We can agree with that. We can agree that God equals love, and love is God. Hundred yeah, percent. Okay. Sorry. If no. you've been that's all good. Yeah. If you've been put on this planet to practice and to exercise your purpose, and your purpose is rooted in love, every time you exercise your purpose. You're communing with God because I love to write. I love to be creative. I love to be an artist. And every time I practice my artistry, 
I'm communing with God because God gave me that gift. You get what I'm saying? Hmm. And I can't do what I do if God doesn't sanction it. I don't get to decide what my gift brings me. I get to decide how I exercise that gift, how I praise God through the practice of what I love to do. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Beautiful. You know what? And I'm just on that note. Is, you know, bro, I am really, really intrigued on hearing something. If it's poetry, maybe if it's a, it's you know, 16 or something. I mean, do you have anything off the top of your head you can share with us? Yeah, brother? yeah, yeah. I can do something. I um, mean, would you, if it's a rap, would you like a beat? I can give you a no, beat. No, no, no. no it's all, I, I can go acapella. Okay. Um, my first drag of crystal meth smoke provoked and awoke my inner oath. Teenage folly led me to exercise what I loathed about myself as I delved into becoming a meth head, precursor to any method, because it wasn't enough for me to know something conceptually, it had to be experienced. I sought a quick way out my pain, I was lost, delirious, a slave, for surely this fate could have been avoided like my father in the grave. See, I didn't spend my last day with him, I was too busy getting saved. This was before I lost my way and incinerated my fate. On that night, I overdosed in the living room as my little sister sobbed, asking my youngest brother if of my life they would be robbed. Stepdad grabbed me and smacked me hard across the face, trying to keep me awake while remaining calm. Every time I closed my eyes, I would feel the universe imploding into me with each shallow breath. My life force grew closer to the eternal moment of death. I survived. Only to have no discrepancy about how this dependency kept me feeling drastically walking down the street alleys, searching for pennies, literally head down, eyes scanning, talking to myself. I just need to find a little bit of change so I could buy a head. I'll feel better by morning. This is how I processed my father's loss. This was me in mourning. All I wanted to do was relive heaven by inhaling the residue from that speed dime. This is how I spend me time. If I could go back, I would rewind, remind myself that by design, my health would decline. Never mind that I would die. But see, that was just the point. I didn't want to live. A boy's world without his hero is the place where the villains win. So at 16, I gave up on life prematurely. Altered my brain's chemistry to forego my destiny. This beast of burden became part of my identity. I am forever on rehab forever an addict. Sobriety is a daily feat, an ongoing delicate balance. Let's motherfucking go, baby. Light that shit up with fires. Let's go. Don't play with thank it. You, thank you, thank you. Hey, I want everybody to give it up for Alex Elfaro. Elfaro. Elfaro, yeah. Elfaro. This was dope, brother. <laughs> thank you, brother. Appreciate this it. This was dope, brother, and that's the perfect way to end this. Thank you. Thank you so much yes, for blessing sir. the platform, bro. Please let everybody know how they can follow you, how they can support you. Uh, just uh, social media on all platforms at Alfaro, A-L-P-H-A-R-A-O-H. Uh, please continue watching this fool. Continue supporting uh, Latinos in Hollywood. Um, you know, shout out to uh, the team from the streets to the set. We actually have an acting class that's coming up here in East LA. We're teaching acting in the community, by the community, for the community, um, and we're doing it because we should be able to take what we know and share it with the community and offer it to the people that need it most. We don't have to go all the way to the west side. We could go down the street on Whittier and <laughs> fucking, you know, Garfield Boulevard to do it. So, True. you know, uh, we're, you know, look me up on social media if anybody wants to throw down with us. Open mind, open heart, open spirit. It's all love. Hey, bro, you know what I'm looking forward to when you re uh, return back to Hood Stocks, bro, because I really, really enjoyed this conversation. I, I, you, I respect, uh, I, re I, re I respect you as a, uh, individual as a spirit 
you know, as a as a human being, bro, as a brother, as a homie, Thank as you, a, man. you know, and uh, I just loved it, bro. I, I loved it. I love the way you uh, present things, the way you word things, bro. And uh, this type of dialogue is much needed on this platform. I think this was a very Im- important uh, podcast. It was meant to happen, bro. Uh, we didn't get a lot of people on the live. We got like 400 and that's cool, bro. We respect that and we love you guys, bro. Um, but I think people, uh, this podcast will grow legs. It will grow numbers, bro. And I will clip the fuck out of this shit because there's a lot of gems. <laughs> <laughs> no, and, I, and, and I appreciate the adjustment, man. Thank you for, you know, keeping it, uh, keeping it a buck with me and letting me know what it's really about. You know what I mean? Because once I made that adjustment, I feel like, okay, um, like, like you said, man, what's the point of fucking having a story if you're not down to share it? You know what I mean? What's the point of fucking talking about being real if you can't be real when it's time to be real? You know? Hey. This was a beautiful performance. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate We're you. We're out of here. Whoa.